People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. another edition of your 20 by 20 ring crew i'm your co-host joe here with my brother matt matt what's going on hey what's going on we're back for another episode here at the 20 by 20 complex uh episode 107 to be exact uh thank you guys for always listening and uh supporting the show thank you definitely appreciate you especially during these trying times known as 2020 what the fuck what a year um, as we, uh, we wind down, we got to cut, you know, like three more weeks left before we, we finally end this debacle that has been a, a calendar year. <laughs> and, uh, this edition is going to be volume three of the 20 by 20 by 20, where Matt and I go back and forth and answer 20 questions or at least attempt to in the span of an episode uh these are questions that matt and i have come up with and as well as you guys there um you listeners and supporters of the show so with that being said we're gonna kick things off with a pretty simple but open one uh and you know what it's uh, this one's really interesting to me because you know you you and i have known each other for years now I don't think yeah. this has ever come up in the span of a wrestling conversation between the two, two of us, but here it goes. Action figures, wrestling action figures. Yes. You as a kid, was yeah. this something you you uh, played with a lot, didn't play with at all? I, 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 the only reason that it came up to me was because I'm sitting there and um, I'm watching my little nephews play with with stuff, and now when my my oldest nephew was still around the age of two or three, um, not a big action figure guy to to begin with. Uh, he was into blocks and uh, Legos and things of that nature, even at that young of an age. And then now my littlest nephew loves cars, anything car related. Okay, forget about it. He he's all about it. Um, Action figures, not so much. Uh, me growing up, I had, excuse me, I had a lot of the um, the original LJN WWF figures. Okay. I had close to six hundred different GI Joes that I used to use for wrestlers because they had more articulation. Mm-hmm. I had my own little uh, fantasy wrestling league going on the whole nine. So. Okay. But uh, I'm I'm interested in you. What what did you do as a kid? Uh you know what? I I did collect uh, wrestling figures as much as I could possibly uh, do. Yeah, but did you play with them? I did. Oh, I did okay. play with them. I I so I had two rings. I had a uh, I had my own Monday Night Wars. I had WWF and I had a WCW Nitro one. Nice. The WWF was just a plain WWF ring. Uh, it came with two catapults, which was kind of weird now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the WCW Nitro ring was the one uh, that 
certain figures, if you put them on this little pedestal thing, mm-hmm. it would play like a little tidbit of their entrance. Oh no way! Like I had, it, I when I got it for Christmas, I ninety something. Um, I got uh, I, I got Kevin Nash with it, and he came out to the NWO Wolfpack theme. Nice. And for the WCW ring too, um, the middle because like it was all hard plastic on yeah. you know the ring, but the middle was soft and like you could actually pin the opponent if you press it down it will count to three and then the bell would ring <laughs> uh and i always loved that thing for for a number of reasons uh you know i, I grew up pretty poor and a big family so it was kind of one of those things that like you know you were kind of told like hey like you know this is a rough year for us like you know just be thankful for what you get. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't know what happened. I, you know, parents, you know, my mother worked a miracle, and I mean, it was like one of the best Christmases I ever had. I, I it was, just, and it's not about the stuff. I get that, but like as a little kid, it is. Sure. sure yeah. You know, and uh, I, I just, I cherish that thing because I wasn't expecting anything really, you know. And to get that ring with the, those figures, you know, I got, I got a couple other figures with that too. Um, my, uh, my, my, my DX army, I got that year. Okay. The, I, my, st- I got two stone colds, a couple stings. I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't just for my mom. It was from other, I guess. So I, I did collect wrestling cause I was huge into it. Um, as far as playing with them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would, I would do, I was fantasy booking back then, you know what yeah. I mean? So uh, that was that was my opportunity to get you know like a lot of people Undertaker versus Sting, I got those matches because of that. Um, so, yeah, dude, like I I cherish those fucking things. And you know, as you grow up and you kind of forget where your old toys are at, and this is this is a sad part to the story, at least for me. Um, you know, parents sometimes assume that like, yeah, you're not into that anymore. So she, my mom gave all my shit to my cousin, one of my younger cousins. That's what happened to me. And my younger cousin is not into wrestling, and so they were donated. So hopefully somewhere out there, uh, a kid in need got some some pretty cool action figures because I'm I'm totally missing them. That's it sucks. Um, but uh, yeah, I used to I used to trade with other kids. Yeah, you know, some kids would have uh, you know one kid in particular had Kane, and I wanted Kane so bad. Uh, and there's actually a funny story to this because, so he was a bigger kid than me and thought he could push me around. So I, I swapped my Stone Cold, my favorite Stone Cold. And it was supposed to be borrowing it for the weekend. So Monday comes along, I'm on the school bus and I give him his cane back and I don't get my Stone Cold back. And I was like, hey man, you know, can you bring it tomorrow? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, I don't have it. Wednesday comes, I don't have it. And I said, dude, I, went, I need my, my Stone Cold back. And he's like, he pretty much told me that he's going to keep it. So that was the first fight I ever got in was because of an action figure. Because <laughs> of Stone Cold. I, 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 I looked at him and I just reared back and I bitch slapped him as hard as I can. <laughs> and I t- <laughs> and, and I, I said some other things. I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, but keep in mind, I was a little kid, but uh, I, I made some pretty harsh threats too, so... <laughs> Lo and behold, by Friday I had my Stone Cold back. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I I absolutely loved it. I loved I loved playing with the with with, with those action figures, man. I mean, before I, I got into like video games, it was a passion of mine. I, I don't collect today, um, just because 
I collect for a lot of other things, and sure, I sure. don't know if I would necessarily be playing with them. Yeah. You know, as an adult collector, you know, I I do like things pristine, but yeah, dude, those were those are some magical times for me, man. The other reason I ask is because uh, the kid and I were watching War Games, NXT War Games from uh, this this past week. Yeah. And during uh, one of the pre-match segments, they had oh, yeah, the brand new yeah. Double Ring War Games set uh, right there in the flesh mm-hmm. on the announce table. Did you get to see that? What did you think of it? You know, I... I... I, I vaguely remember. I I, I, know, I remember seeing the commercial, but I you know a lot of times I half-ass pay attention to them. But um, <laughs> I like I, from what I remember, I do like the setup. I do like the ring. Um, I don't I, like I, said, I don't really remember what the what the actual figures look like for that particular set. But um, I, I think it comes with two ladders. Okay, maybe some chairs, shit like that. So. As hardcore as you can be, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's like there's a couple of lines that I've you know I've going to some friend's house and playing with their stuff. There was some weird, goofy stuff that was like medieval and things of that nature. You got <laughs> wrestlers and like fucking armor and shit. Like <laughs> it got weird, but they were still fun. Okay. Um. Moving right along, you, you mentioned War Games, so I, I think that's something that we're going to talk about um, quite extensively here. I, 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 I know we're going to talk about the actual card. I don't want to talk about that in particular right now. Sure, yeah, I get that. But I do want to talk about one particular person because this is the second time uh, in an NXT ring wrestling, and that's the, the, the guy I'm talking about here is Pat McAfee. Uh, Pat McAfee is two matches into his WWE career. Not saying that he's going to be a, a wrestler. I mean, he's obviously a celebrity here. Yeah. Two things. I, I know I know his match against Adam Cole. You and I have talked about it. You were a fan of that match. What did you think about his performance in this particular match? And, and two, is it ever a good idea to put a, a celebrity in a match like War Games? Um, man, this one's a little tricky because we're not talking about just any celebrity. This isn't like, oh, I'm going to go get, uh, you know, some YouTuber to come in and... And box? And and box, you know? Um, box Floyd Mayweather? Yeah, right, yeah. So, it, it's obviously, it's not that situation. That's happening, folks. <laughs> but, <laughs> what you do have is... A long-term pro wrestling fan, a WWE fan at that, in the form of Pat McAfee. So, he's coming in with a very good idea of what to expect. But not only that, he's trained professionally. And I forget who trained him. But he was trained professionally before he showed up in NXT. So... You're not you're you're not dealing with your typical celebrity in this case, mm-hmm. but um, he still is a celebrity celebrity nonetheless. Bleh. Excuse me, and uh, throwing him into something like war games, a traditional war games, fucking forget about it. Uh, that would have been a hell of a bad idea. But uh, war games these days, uh, he seemed to fit right in. He seemed to move the match along. Uh, and and 
to be honest with you, Pat Mac McAfee was not the reason that I disliked War Games. Okay. It was the it was the the match itself. The match beyond for me went beyond uh, the time it should have went. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was it was full of so many unnecessary false finishes. They could have ended it ten almost fifteen minutes early, and still made quite the impact. And and they didn't. So, but I. I uh, I don't want to get too we'll much. We'll get into more that. detail yeah. on that, yeah, for sure. Um, I have my issues with uh, obviously with any kind of celebrity. I'm very anti-celebrity, and look, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I I can respect that, but you know, you're absolutely right to to, to throw him into something like war games, um, whether or not he was the issue or not. On paper, that's just a bad idea. I you know what I think they could have. Did better, and not only it would have probably probably reduced the the match time, but also made them made the whole thing more effective. Is if they had a fourth team member on Pat McAfee's team, and then just had him be the manager on the outside. That works for me. Because they could have easily had him be drug into the the match at the very end mm-hmm. after War Games was quote unquote over. And then they still could have. He still could have had his reckoning with uh, undisputed era, right? You know what I mean? Well, because I mean, look, look how it ends. I mean, it, it, or, or I should say, look how, look how, look where his biggest spot was. It was him jumping off the cage. Yeah, he doesn't need to be an active participant to do that in a right. war games match, like right. you said. So yeah, I, I, especially too, the gimmick that he has. He's his. I mean, I'm sure he is a very wealthy guy. But he's a very his gimmick is a very wealthy guy that that buys this talent this this team to, yes. to go up against the undisputed era. I mean, yeah, I, I, give give me somebody that's more experienced. Give me somebody that's that's going to not have to have things set up for me because as as good as as or as good as some people may think he is, I saw the setups happening a mile away, and that bothers me so much. And that's why I don't like celebrity matches because even though. Like when we went, we're at All In, and we saw the Stephen Amell match against Christopher Daniels. That match was only okay because Christopher Daniels set up everything. Absolutely, and it, it does. Like, obviously, you have somebody that is extremely good at his craft, and Christopher Daniels. But my my problem is, for a show like that, imagine if you put Christopher Daniels against uh, a Kazuchika Okada. I, I get he had, Okada had a match already against Skrull that night, but. It's just a waste of a match for him. Yeah, he's just he's just he's basically just setting everything up. And if you are a trained wrestling fan, and I know I'm going to sound like an elitist here, but if you know what you're if you're, what you're watching for, you're going to see it happen a mile away, and it's it loses its its luster for me. And that's that's my biggest issue. I I applaud him for actually taking having the respect to train before he gets into the ring, because most celebrities won't. But I, it's still it. If you're gonna have a match, not war games, not that, not in that, not not that environment. Um, I'm gonna stay on topic here with war games. Okay. Um, again, we're, I'm not gonna go into the entire card, but one one big issue I had with it, uh, I don't know if you know, but it's come out now that Candice LeRae has apparently a broken arm from the spot that happened during the women's war games match where Shotzi Blackheart jumped off the top of a ladder 
Okay. And, and onto Lorraine, which Lorraine had a chair sitting on her. Yes. And uh, that's what broke her arm. Yes. Um, I, I, I bring it up because I, I, I want your thoughts on this, but also, uh, what a fucking waste. What a fucking waste. Uh, not, I don't want to sound like a, a prick here, but if you're going to get injured mm-hmm. in professional wrestling, Make it worth your while. Make it make it worth your while. Make it mean something because at the end of the day, it's going to become part of your career, no matter whether you want those consequences or not. And if that happens, you should u- utilize it to the best of your ability because it will affect your career one way or another for the remainder of your career. And whether that be a nagging injury over over the the future years of your career, or people, depending on how bad or how memorable it was, it'll stay in people's minds for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this, Candice LeRae, to me, it was just it was so meaningless, and it all it was 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 a a shitty spot. You know, that's all for me. That's all it amounted to. So what do you got to say? Well, it was a poor setup from the get-go because there was no chair involved in this until you, for some reason, she grabbed that chair and just put it on top of her. And, and again, it's one of those things where you saw that happen a mile away, and I'm thinking to myself, what, what is she doing? Yeah. And then I, I credit, I, I'll give some credit to, to the commentators trying to sell that, that, that spot, but it just didn't work. Anybody with a rational mindset would be like, that, none of that made sense. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's a very forgetful injury in that sense in that point because injuries can happen for obviously any reason. I mean, you know, it it could happen at any point in the match, but you're putting, you're going to put yourself in a spot where somebody's jumping off of you from from a ladder at the, you know at that and then you're going to put a chair on top of you on t- on on top of this whole situation and then you know, this is what happens for no fucking reason. Yeah, it, it's I. When you mentioned she got hurt, I had to think back. Like, wh- when does she get hurt? And then you start talking about the ladder. I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm scratching my head before I ever. I, I just found out that she got hurt. You just told me that's breaking okay. news for me. I had no idea because it's just like I I was so t- like I wasn't turned off by the match. The match was fine for for me, in that in that sense. But like. That spot alone just didn't. It just didn't do anything, right? And, and you're absolutely right. It just it just didn't do anything. It the setup made no sense at whatsoever. Like it was just a failed bit. And if there was ever supposed to be a chair there, they didn't do a good job setting it up. I don't know if Shotzi was supposed to put it on top of her before she gets up there or or whatever. But at this point, just do the spot with Shotzi just jumping. And just be prepared for a body splash or whatever it I is. I think she would have been better off if she just left the chair out of it. Yeah, that's my that's my point. Because yeah, yeah. at this point, like you know, she's already up there. Just fucking just take take the bump. Yeah. And and move on. Move on to the next move. And and there there was one other spot in that ladies' match that I want to talk about real quick. Okay. Because we're the kid and I are watching it, and my kid noticed it before I did because I, I was tired. I was I was almost falling asleep during some of these matches, uh, partly because they were they were boring to me, and then partly because I was just physically tired. But during the women's match, you have a spot with Dakota Kai and Io Shirai, I believe, 
So Eo gets uh, a metal trash can put over her. And she's laying on the mat. And Dakota Kai gets up on the top rope. She yes. jumps off and does the double stomp. I, I hated this, this spot. And she squishes her. She yes. squishes Eo Shirai into the... While Eo was inside the can. Yeah, while she was in the can. Yes. The, the can squishes around her. And then she stops. Instead of pinning her, she stops. And she's pulling her out of the can mm-hmm. to pin her and my kid looks at me she's dad what the fuck like i thought this was war game <laughs> and i go you know what kid i have no answers for you i really don't and i still don't have an answer because it's like first of first off you know the match beyond only begins after only after all the participants are in the ring right yes so whether that was the case or not if she had to wait for other other women to get in the ring that would make sense that that's why she didn't want to pin her with with the garbage can on. Mm-hmm. Not that that makes any sense either. But she still goes on to pin her, and the referee counts. Yes. So it's like, wait a minute. What the fuck is going on? None of that made sense. You're supposed to be in there trying to annihilate the other team. Yes. Why wouldn't you want her fucking stuck in a garbage can? You well, know? It's Dakota Kai. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Uh, Dakota Kai is, uh, I, I think, from from where she, where she was at last War Games to where she's at now, you kind of she's been exposed and <laughs> she just she just don't have it. Um, I hated that spot for a number of reasons. I mean, so we we kind of we went through thumb through the, our questions to make sure that we weren't asking the same questions. But uh, I don't think it's gonna be brought up again. But I I, I wanted to. I want to answer all this by also saying that war games in the pa- in the middle in the midst of a pandemic is a terrible fucking idea for numerous reasons. Okay. For numerous reasons. Obviously there is the fact that people can actually get hurt and this is not the best time to be getting hurt and going through medical treatment for obvious reasons. Uh but also too I hate one of the things that we've said a lot, or that has been said a lot in, in 2020 for numerous reasons, make it make sense. Yeah. And you have you have something like War Games in front of nobody. No live crowd. I'm not counting the people that they have at ringside at the Performance Center. No fucking audience. Okay. And you're having people put in, doing spots... Like jumping off the cage inside of a garbage can, or having somebody—you know how dangerous it is to have somebody jump on top of you while you're inside of the garbage can. There's a lot of things that can happen to both of those women. Yeah, to both of them because right. that's aluminum. Yeah, even if it's cheap aluminum, which it, I'm sure it is. Yep, it can fucking it, it will cut you. Yep, it'll cut you bad. And that is a dangerous fucking spot, especially when she, especially when her jumping on her, but even her pulling her out of the can, like you needed to have a referee in there to make sure he should have been one taking care of taking that. care of that. Yes. And it's like, what, you know, obviously from my understanding, EO and, and Dakota are fine physically, at least from that spot. But again, you, you're doing all this. What's what's your buy rate for this? Whatever you get from the network, which I'm sure is fine, but you're you get no live attendance money coming in at all. 
and you're putting in this kind of match twice. You're doing it twice in the night because yeah. it is the pay-per-view theme. To me, that is really, really short-sighted. I understand they want to do a War Games match or War Games theme pay-per-view. They want to do one every year. As much as we, I love War Games, I know you do too. All, all aside from what we're gonna, you know, our feelings of those particular matches. For me, I applaud AEW for not doing blood and guts because there's what is the point of putting people through that kind of physicality? Yeah, in front of nobody. Yeah, there's yeah, nope, it, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And that's that was my biggest issue with any bump because I'm I'm looking at when when she jumped off that cage. In the side of a garbage can, I—I I mean, I—I I stopped. I—I my, my, held my breath because I was like, "That is, that is crazy, fucking stupid." Because you have—you <laughs> have no idea where you're gonna land, at all. Oh, and then—and then the spot where Dakota Kai jumps on her and made it even worse. I, yeah, yeah, it's—it's it's just not a good idea. I—I I, to me, the whole night I'm watching, I'm like, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be contributing to this poor, tasteful fucking pay per view. Exactly. <laughs> I felt the same way. <laughs> Um, speaking of, of poor taste or just something that just doesn't taste very good at all, we're going to segue, but we're going to keep in WWE because this is something that's been kind of a thing for, unfortunately, for uh, since the summer, but I think it's coming to an end. I want your thoughts on this. Uh, this is a major segue now. Retribution. Retribution, they are... <laughs> it's, one of those, it's one of those angles that they've pushed so fucking hard. What would I, I have my answers? I have my theories. But what went wrong? What I mean, they're 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 booking them to the point where they are losing every single match now. What the fuck went wrong in your eyes? And obviously they should scrap it. But do you think Vince McMahon will actually scrap this? Is it, is this the, is the writing on the wall for this group? I think it is. I think I think the writing's on the wall uh, because, uh, let's face it, this is it, it's been proven time and time again. You've got the um, the whole audience of one mentality. It's been proven, so we know that exists. We know this is all. At the end of the day, Vince McMahon is the one that calls the shots. He okay's everything. So for for us to see this and to see them to start lose over and over and over again you know he's either not a fan or they did something wrong or both and that's where we're at with them do they need to go away absolutely what went wrong i'll tell you exactly what went wrong you've got you've got every member of that group mm-hmm. no matter how long they've been off of tv whether it be one week or two years or whatever it's not enough we live in the day and age of the internet. It's not enough time for those people to be off of TV and then come back as a different character and it to be meaningful. I'm sorry, it just is not. We we live in that day and age where everybody yes. has some sort of a phone or a tablet or device that you can easily figure out who the fuck that is. That's yeah. just the way it is. So I'm not saying that it should never happen. But you've got to be much more creative than that, you know. Maybe, may, may, maybe it's yeah. Like that, that, <laughs> that too. Like you shouldn't give them like stupid ass names. 
they're like the the bottom of the barrel yeah. henchman names that get thrown thrown out by like network TV. It's like the the, the names of the the people you'd beat up in Streets of Rage. Yes, <laughs> yes. Shouts out to Donovan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you it, it it was a recipe for disaster from the start. You know, especially with like. Mia Yim coming straight from NXT and then into into Retribution and and the other part of this is and this also adds to the unsuccessfulness of the the whole angle if you're going to do that with Mia Yim let her voice her opinion as to why she changed over let her own that mask but no they're just like you're putting a mask on you're going to be somebody different I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. I understand Vince McMahon thinks it does, but he's also out of touch. Yes. You've got to be in touch with your audience. Your audience is smart for the most part. You know, they want to they want to have an audience geared they want the audience to be geared towards children or teenagers, right? Well, guess what? Your average fucking teenager isn't watching Monday Night Raw. They're nah. just not. Yeah, it's just not. Guess who's watching it? People like us. Yeah. You know? So it's like... Bunch of old guys. Yeah, so... Entertain so, me. It's, yeah, so it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? None of this made sense. And and it was doomed from the get-go. So I'm glad. I'm glad it's going away. It's... It, it was, I'll just add this real, little tidbit. Uh, it's basically a reminiscence of fucking nine, early to mid-90s WWE. It was that bad. Yeah. It was I, that I, bad. Yeah, I completely agree. Absolutely. Speaking of... Um, <laughs> we're going to stay on, on the topic of WWE here. We're just um, beating them up today. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, everybody knows by now about... Um, um, the whole Kenny Omega situation with Impact and AEW. We'll go into that later. Uh, but after that happened, Triple H had a media call and he made it a point to bring up working with other companies. And what he said was something to the effect of we're interested in working with other companies, obviously. The doors are always open. But it has to make sense for us in the long run. They're not concerned, the WWE is not concerned with what's hot at the minute or what's going to be popular at the moment. They're looking down the line, 10 years, 15 years, how it's going to affect their business. I get where he's coming from. Sure. But, again... You, you clearly don't have a, a great understanding of your audience. And I only say that because you took NXT, which was something I could not wait to watch week after week after week. Mm-hmm. And you have literally made it um, a constant rebuttal of what AEW is trying to do. Yes. And so you've lost... Your my opinion of your product has has just dropped ten stories, for me. It's just not the same. I don't. I no longer look forward to AEW. I mean, well, AEW too, but uh, NXT. And so, 
with that, with all that being said, you know, obviously, uh, when you turn on the network, which you can access through us, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE network, that's all one word. When you, when you load it up on, on the app and you check it out, you can obviously look at all the other companies they're quote-unquote working with, and here you have Evolve. They're not working with them. They fucking bought them out, <laughs> yeah. and, they, and they put them out of existence. Um, you've got other companies like Progress. and who they're, um, who they're pretty much going to buy. It's, yeah, it's, they're pretty much going to buy. Yeah. You've got ICW on there. Yes, you know, WXW. WXW. Now, don't get me wrong. All of those companies have not been bought out by the WWE, Correct. but but guess what? If the WWE had their way, mm-hmm. they would have. Yep. That's that's beyond the shadow of a doubt. And I I I wish I wish someone would come up to me and try to tell me that's not the case. Because you'd be living in a fucking fantasy. So, what say you, Matt? What do you think of this comment by Triple H? Uh, how much bullshit is he trying to put past people? And uh, why the fuck do I miss Evolve so much? Um, what Triple H said is is complete, utter bullshit. Because um, here's the thing. I, I, I agree with what he says about the, you know, it has to make sense for the company. That, that's obvious. That's that's like saying the fucking sky is blue. You know, what, what, <laughs> what else are you trying to throw over my fucking head? Of course. But... Here's here's the bottom line. The opportunity to work with other companies has existed since before Triple H ever fucking walked into the WWE to begin with. It has always fucking been there. It really doesn't matter what Triple H... Even if Triple H says, yeah, I want to work do business with other, people, with other companies, it's not going to fucking happen. It's not going to fucking happen because Vince McMahon wants his company to be... The only entity in in in, the, in in professional wrestling or sports entertainment, and that's it. There's nothing more to it. So I really don't give a shit about his opinion about anything. <laughs> it really it really doesn't fucking matter. Just like it doesn't matter about his fucking company or his his. his I shouldn't say his company. It's not his company, but his brand that he created. Like you said, it gets moved. And we talked about this so many times. You put it on. Network television, or actually, I should say cable television. You put it on cable television, television, USA Network, and you start getting uh, sponsors involved. It no, guess what? It no longer becomes your baby anymore. It is you have now signed the papers to Vince McMahon. So no, no matter what you do, it's got to go by the old geezer. Eighty-four. Are you excited to be here? I've never performed before judges before. Um, I've appeared before judges before. <laughs> Ray, what will you be doing for us today? Uh, a song I've written. Can't wait to hear it. All righty. Thank you. <laughs> what am I doing wrong here? Oh. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Very good. That's wonderful. Okay. And for my second song, I'd like to... uh... (laughs) 
I met this girl. And she's just great. This girl I just adore. The problem is, she has much more than I had bargained for. She's got that style. She's got that smile. She's got the walk. She's got the talk. She's got that zing. There's just one thing. She's got a penis. <laughs> And he just doesn't want progress. No pun intended, because we mentioned progress. He wants to purchase progress. He wants to purchase other companies, because mainly he wants the fucking library. As you, as I'm looking at Evolve's 2019 library, is now all of it is on WWE Network. Yep. Um, so there you go. But as far as do, doing business, you're not going to see another ECW raid. It's just not. It, it's it's. You got a better chance of winning the lottery than that happening in, in the WWE ever again. Uh, I just don't see it happening. I mean, should it happen? I don't know. I, I, I if you and I were running a company, we like the fantasy book. If we run a company and we get that call from WWE, my guess is they want to fucking buy us. Yeah. They want to raid our talent. Yeah. For and, good. <laughs> yeah. Look, I wouldn't do business with them. Not not until they can prove that they they're, they're willing to do business. For all parties, because right now, by them doing what's best for business for WWE means that it's just a one-way street, and it's it's terrible. It's terrible fucking booking for everybody. Yeah. A couple more things with WWE. Um, we're gonna go back to war games, and we're not gonna talk about the war games uh, in this particular question, but we're gonna talk about the the triple threat match. Uh, the triple threat match was the only title match of the night. It was Leon Ruff defending the uh, the NXT North American Championship against Damian Priest and against Johnny Gargano. I don't understand this booking at all. Uh, I, and and I, look, we're still in the midst of this storyline, so maybe they'll unveil some things. But Leon Ruff, you look at Leon, a guy like Leon Ruff, you and I have, have, have watched him in his indie days. Sure. Loved, loved him in Evolve. He was a member of the Skulk. Yeah. Um, the last time we saw him in Evolve, he was a uh, tag champion with A.R. Fox, the man who trained him. That's right. Uh, A.R. Fox, you don't know his name, fucking look him up. Best wrestler in the world today, or at least one of them, bar none. So he's, he's trained by one of the best. Leon Ruff's not a big guy. He's very small. <laughs> very small and does not have a lot of definition just he's not the guy that generally gets over in a company like WWE and that's not a shot at Leon Rupp that's just that's just how it is in that company and that's it is what it is I'll leave it at that they book him as NXT cha- North American champion because of a fluke victory involving Johnny Gargano yep because of Damian Priest interfering and whatnot. At no point was he ever taken seriously as champion, and that includes in storyline purposes where he calls out Priest and Gargano for not taking him seriously. So here they book him as like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna prove that he's a legit champion, and he just gets destroyed from the moment the match fucking starts. Damian Priest is like throwing like he, he Damian Priest just throws him around like he would throw on your little brother. <laughs> Guys that are coming from Evolve and other indie shows or indie promotions that are not as big 
as uh, as as they would generally like. My question is, why the hell? I mean, uses, I mean, I get he's he's now a former champion. He lost. Yep. But he's now a former champion. But he was treated like fucking dirt. That he was. And what is your thoughts on that booking particularly? And two, I mean, I would imagine, so I, I put it in question form, is this probably going to be the case for, I would say, easily 90% of indie wrestlers coming into WWE that they don't have room for on their 205 roster? Yeah, I believe that is the case. Uh, if again, if we go back to the the whole, you know, audience of one thing, let's face it, Vince is a fan of bigger guys. Um, and if 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 you take the time and listen to not only what we have to say, but there's other podcasts out there that would will tell you the same thing. Um, when it comes to Vince McMahon, half of the guys you see signed by the WWE, he's never even heard of. And, and, you know, like, you laugh right now. Yeah. And, and I, I do, too, to an extent. But if he's as involved with his product as, as everybody says he is or claims he is, yeah. guess what? He's not going to have time to sit and review, you know, tryout after tryout or tape after tape or whatever, whatever. Sure, sure. Which is fine. But that's also a double-edged sword because guess what? That means you're not paying attention to your audience. Mm-hmm. You're just relying on other people to sign these guys, and then when they get signed, because you don't know what the fuck to do with them because you're out of touch, yeah. guess what? You get treated like dirt, much like Leon Ruff. Now, yes, did he have a championship? Yeah, he did. But but that was what? A couple weeks? Yeah. Like, that ain't jack shit. You gotta, who's going to remember that? And the entire time he was treated like... Who's like going to remember buddy? that? I'll tell you who's going to remember that. Me. I'm going to remember that. You know why? Because it was such fucking horse shit, and what they here's how here's what they should have did. Okay, you 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 have him treated like shit. No one takes him serious. He gets thrown around like that that little brother, play wrestling. You know all that. Mm -hmm. He should have won at War Games. I and that's what I thought they were going with. Even if it was, even if it was a an unclean finish, he should have won. And, you know, you could easily have done it. You could have easily set it up to where it doesn't take away any of the heat off of uh, Damian Priest or Johnny Gargano. But clearly, they entered into the match, so it wasn't like they weren't necessarily against getting Leon over. Yeah. Either way, he should Leon Ruff should have won, and he should have continued that story that they should have continued all that he just the next person comes in guess what you still ain't shit you ain't shit you're just like your dad you don't do shit and you never gonna amount to shit all you ever do around here is eat sleep and shit look at this place Way y'all act, y'all must think I'm the maid. Is that it? I gotta go. Hell no, it ain't it. It ain't it till I say it's it, damn it. Is that it? Boy, don't get smart with me, because I'll knock your ass in the middle of next week. And where you going anywhere, you little fat fuck? You ain't got a job. 
You're North American champ? Prove it. I'm going to beat you this time. And then guess what? Parlay on that. Build on that. To where he keeps getting wins over people who underestimate him. Now you've got the storyline of this unforeseen, unmistakable underdog. Everybody loves a fucking underdog. And you know how I know that? Because Matt is a Cubs fan. (laughs) Am I wrong? I mean, yeah, you you can't. I can't deny that, man. I can't. It would have been much more entertaining television. Yeah. Simply put. It sucks because now all that momentum, all that heat... Chungi in the booth, motherfucker. Yo. Hey. This shit produced by Chino, you heard? You heard me? This beat fire, bro. Fire as fuck. Fine Mexican hoe, she ain't got no clothes Make her dance on a pole, just a judge she can pose I ain't give a bitch no rose, bitches come and they go like Come on bro, I know you know Put some talkies in her pussy, make her feel goody goody Just like kicking bitches squishy, he been stealing fucking hoodie Wake up in the morning, what I got, eh? Uh, I got some woody Fuck a bad bitch that got some wrinkles My pickle so good that she had to tinkle Look at me bitch, I'm a star, watch the tinkle, eh? Ayy, suck my dictionary Why the fuck you built like a fucking fairy? I ain't talking about the magic ones I'm talking about the ones that like men that are super hairy You look like your name is Larry You ain't hard, you was sweet like a strawberry Bitch, I'm not a virgin, so don't even call me cherry Ayy, ayy You was dumb as fuck, go to the library You're a no one, bitch, I'm legendary Ayy, ayy, ayy Ave Maria, full of grace, smack a bitch in the face, take a bag into the race. You're really listening to the skill? Damn, what a waste, eh? Gone, completely gone. You got a new North American champ yeah. in the form of Johnny Gargano. Like, he fucking needs another title. You know? he's we're, We already know him as, as, as Johnny Wrestling. You know, he's Mr. NXT, if there ever was a motherfucker. Yeah. Besides uh, Finn Balor. So, it's like, what the fuck, man? What that, what are you doing? Let me, let me add another question here. <laughs> because I, I, guess, I guess I just want to clarify how ridiculous the, the whole idea of Leon Ruff being too small is. Johnny Gargano got over on Damian Priest on a number of occasions now, right? Yes. Now, Johnny Gargano, last time I checked, he's not a very big guy, right? He's much smaller than Damian Priest. So what's the difference between a Johnny Gargano and a Leon Ruff? Why is Johnny Gargano... I get Johnny Gargano's been in the business for a long time compared to Leon Ruff. I get okay. that. I get that. I don't, I don't need anyone lecturing me on that part. But as far as stature goes, what's the difference? Not much. Not much, right? Especially if you, you know, take a look at the match. Yeah. Go back and look at the match. He, it, it, there's moments where they're, they're toe-to-toe and shit. There's not much difference. So what's, yeah, so what's the harm of a Leon Ruff as champion? Why, why, why do we write a guy who is the same, essentially the same stature as, as, as Johnny Gargano, 
And all of a sudden now, Damian Priest is like a monster. Compa- you know, to you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe it is that I'm probably going to get heat for this, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, you can hate tweet me over at twenty x twenty crew on Twitter. I think it might be one of those things where whoever's booking this. It, they could easily be of the mind where, like, hey, you haven't paid your dues to this company yet. And you know what? If that's the case, fucking let it be. You, yeah. You've you already fucked up yeah. all, all your momentum and shit, so... There's other ways of, of doing that. Yeah, there is. There's other ways of Absolutely. doing that. Absolutely. Throwing the strap on the kid was not was not the right thing to do then. Yeah. If you had no faith in him as champion... Then again, don't make him champion. These aren't fucking toys. And <laughs> I, 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 I hate that mentality, you know, this Bruce Pritchard mentality. Yeah. These aren't fucking toys. Don't give somebody a strap that you don't fucking have any any faith in. Yeah, because by that logic, there was no title that needed to be in this picture. Right. Yeah. You could have easily done that story where he was the underdog without any fucking title. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible booking. Oy. Uh Ladies and gentlemen. We're having uh, fun. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, we always have wrestling on in the background. It took a while, but That's we, okay. we finally have That's it okay. Out. We got the dual screens going this week. The screen to my left, we have this week's edition of Impact Wrestling because we are awaiting the arrival of the cleaner himself, Kenny Omega. Hey, Doc, I'm going to teach you something about myself. Please. As a child, I fancied myself as a little bit of a hobbyist. I was a collector. Really? Did you know that I collected comic books, Don? I love comic books. Yeah. Well... I had to quit. You know why? Because no matter how much money I spent, no matter how many rare comic books I collected, I could never get the most rarest, the most valuable prizes amongst all the collectors in the comic book industry. Now I found a new hobby, and I have the most valuable prize of them all. The Action Comics number one. That's Superman's debut, by the way. I know. And hell. I don't mind if I had an X-Men number one in my collection. Triple A title. I don't mind if I had a Spider-Man number one in my collection. That'd be pretty cool. Who knows? Maybe that's the Impact Champion. You guys have got a great champion, right? Fantastic. The thing is, I love traveling. I love the lifestyle that pro wrestling affords me. And as long as I have this, I don't mind having a little bit of fun in my spare time. We got titles here. Why not add a little bit to my collection? Who knows? But for now, Don Callis, we're about, I don't know, uh, 24 hours away from a big announcement at AEW. we got to get to Jacksonville and to blow thought, the lid off dynamite, Kenny. And, and if you thought the Lex Express was riding in style, yeah. <laughs> I got something even better planned for tomorrow. Something really? even cooler. Give us a little bit. Come on. I can't tell you. You can't tell us? Okay, okay. Well, give, do the hey, thing here's, here's a clue. Here's a clue. Lex Luger. Okay. Okay. Think it? We have the, we have the bus? What else did oh, I I think yeah, I know where yeah, you're going with that. Yeah. You know what? You know what? You know what would be perfect? What? Do the thing. Okay. Can you do the thing? They all want to see the thing. Yeah, they... I, I, Josh I, might ho- paint Hopefully you, you guys it, didn't you actually ahead. think I was going to wrestle or defend this belt, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. am going to give you the thing. And this will be the first time I've done the thing on TV in a long time. So I'm going to do the thing. And and, and you ready for it, Don? We're going to blow up the you know Twitter thing. thing. You know yeah, yeah, thing? yeah. You've probably heard it before, right? You know the thing. Yeah, everyone knows the thing. Okay. Do it. Must be Juju. Goodbye. Mwah. And good night. Oh my god, it's so great. Bang! Who that is. <laughs> and then on the screen to my right, we have WWE Network going on. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. All one word. We are currently watching WCW's 
Pitfall Brawl 1998. 1998. As, um... I figured you watch a War Games match. Uh, yeah, a real War Games match. <laughs> and, uh, as, as Alex Wright comes to the ring, I th- if I'm not mistaken, he's fighting Chris Jericho for the Cruiserweight title, right? I, well, I saw Disco Inferno coming out there. Oh, I, oh yeah, maybe Disco. Okay. Oh, two dancing fools here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's there. You go. That's the that's the gimmick of the match: dancing fool versus dancing fool. <laughs> Speaking of WCW, <laughs> perfect segue here. AEW has been being criticized for quite some time now about being WCW 2.0. How they're signing all this? You're talking about AEW? Yes. Okay. Uh, about signing these um, ex-WWE wrestlers and and having that WCW mentality that Eric Bischoff once had where, hey, I'll just sign all the previous talent, bring them over, and, and, you know, we'll get over with them and you won't. And while there is a a logic to that 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 I can understand, um, you know, we've seen it play out once before. You know, it, it, it did last for a couple years, but after that, obviously, WCW goes out of business. After a few years, partly because of that, it has come out since to add fuel to this fire. Tony Khan, owner of AEW, has come out and said that he's trying to bring back a lapsed WCW audience. And we had uh, we had a, a member of our Facebook group over at Facebook.com/groups/20x20wrestlingtalk uh, come out and, and comment on this. And talk about how that that audience, that WCW audience that Tony Khan's trying to bring back, it, it's never going to be back. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, man? Do you do you think this is something that is completely unattainable at this point by Tony Khan and and any wrestling company, a, a, as far as I'm concerned, or is he on to something that we're just not seeing? <sighs> I mean, it's hard to answer that question because, you know, he's obviously got more in-depth insight than, than we do. But uh, I, I, I'm i inclined to agree uh, with uh, with that member on their comments um, regarding it being kind of a dead era. And, you know, you have to move on to a, a, a new breed of audience. I agree with that, actually. <clears throat> and I, I, I agree with that way before AEW ever existed. There's that fandom that existed in, we'll call it the Attitude Era or slash late 90s. Okay. You know, the Monday Night Wars. It was the cool thing to do. It was one of the coolest things you could possibly be a part of. And whether you were in your 30s or 20s, if you were, you know, like me, where, you know, I was under 10 years old for the most part of that it was still one of the coolest things to do you know you couldn't wait to be in the next day and and talk about what you saw on that monday night and as everything dwindled down you saw who the actual wrestling fans were so here's my my issue with him going after the old wcw audience assuming that's what he means Mm -hmm. is that era most of those people have been proven for many years now that they're actually not wrestling fans and that's okay. I'm not. I'm not dissing those people. You can be a fan or, or lack thereof of anything you want. But for me, if I'm in, if I'm in his shoes, I'm not targeting non wrestling fans to that extent. I, I I appreciate getting the I say the more leisure fans because that's still ratings and that's still people buying merchandise and the Bullet Club for example, has proven that you could be very successful at that without selling out and completely 
just going one way a way you shouldn't go in order to make money. They did they, they they found a whole other way of doing that. And AEW cuz obviously there's guys that were in that bullet club, for example, um, that know how to do that within your own company. You don't have to essentially sell out and be WCW 2.0 because that creates way too many problems. The one thing that I don't I I would imagine that they would be smart enough never to do is to do creative control because that was the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues. Um, guys who are 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 with the exception of the you know the, the VPs of the company, yeah, guys who are wrestlers shouldn't be bookers. It just it just it it doesn't work out. It's extremely difficult to do that, um, and uh, obviously you get really bad storylines and bad you know bad situations happen. As far as Bringing in talent from from other companies and and putting it on your show, look, that's going to happen all the time. There's just we've talked about this on this podcast before. It's extremely rare that you have homegrown talent that never wrestled anywhere else. So bringing in, uh, you know, if 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 uh, let's say Seth Rollins were to leave WWE today, congrats by the way on on the new baby. Still give two shits about you as a wrestler, but still. <laughs> Yeah, that's you know, it, it, it's still a big deal. He, you know, he had kids, so congrats. Um, but if Seth Rollins were to leave the WWE today and go to AEW, I don't want to hear anybody say like, "Oh, that's, that's sloppy seconds." You know, that's you know, if he if he can make you money, then do it. I, that's and that's really comes down to the the cliche answer. If he can make if he or she can make you money, go ahead and pull the trigger. But don't just do it for the for the sake of. Of you know, bring it. Let's bring in Hulk Hogan just because it's Hulk Hogan. You know, like all right, you maybe maybe for an appearance, but like to sign him to a like a full time contract for what? What is he gonna do? Yeah, you know, or or bring in uh, you know the Undertaker just fucking retired essentially. Or we'll we'll find out come WrestleMania season. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and let's say a year from now we're like, hey, let's bring him in. Yeah, he's still got something left in the tank for what? What is he gonna do when you have a lot of younger current talent that's gonna that's gonna put on a more of a match than he can you know and that's what i always hated about wcw even as a kid you look at it and you're just like you look at at, at the level of matches macho man was having in, in the late 90s and it's like you know really does he need to be main eventing all the time hogan never should have been main eventing in my opinion but like does he really need to be main eventing all the time and it's like that's the kind of shit that i don't ever want to see in AEW. And that's kind of shit that kind of worries me sometimes because it seems like not just Tony Khan but Cody Rhodes is a guy that's because his fandom of of NWA slash WCW it just seems like he just wants to bring in those guys all the time and it just doesn't work. You can get away with a handful and putting them in situations kind of like you have Arn Anderson or Tolly Blanchard or sure. even or even Jake Roberts, but you can't keep doing that. You can't keep bringing in these guys. And and put and putting them in full time situations, it just, it just doesn't work. I I agree with that with that with that member. I don't I don't really think uh, a 2.0 situation is beneficial for that particular company or any company. Uh, I don't want to keep on touching on WWE, but I I I I, I got one more. One more for the good guys. One more in me, and then I swear I'm done. <laughs> Uh, at least, at least, I'm, at least for my questions. Oh. I had a, a very tough time watching them leave Impact Wrestling, but they have left Impact Wrestling. 
Uh, we are talking about the three guys that make up the Rascals. They are officially done with, with Impact. I, I absolutely enjoyed their work in Impact. I enjoyed their work on the indie scene. But they are officially done. It looks like they're going to WWE. What is what is going to be their future? Because I just I'm not very optimistic. You know what their future is? Leon Ruff times three. I was afraid you'd say that. I mean, I'm just being realistic about it. Yeah. I I you know what I wish I wish I wish we were still I wish NXT pre AEW was still a thing. Yes. Because had that happened and they signed the Rascals, we're looking at a completely different landscape. But now, what are, what are we doing? What are we doing with them? <laughs> I, I think, to be honest with you, I think a lot of these new signings is simply just so that no one else can have them. Yeah, and they've, you know, it's nothing new. And it's like, we're going to give you, we'll give you more money than Impact was giving you. Enough to, to make you want to stay, but basically your career is going to go to shit because we don't want you to wrestle for anybody else. <clears throat> Ricochet. Yeah, you know. You know, I I mean I, I was I had I had it all in my head I was going to name a bunch of wrestlers. I <laughs> I got so depressed by saying Ricochet, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's that's that seems to be their future. And I I tell you what, like I'm a I'm a 31 year old man. I got fucking choked up in their, in their last match because it was just like I just didn't want to see it end. Yeah, man. What a, what an incredible run, man. Thank you for all the memories. But uh, I I wish them the best. But I'm not optimistic. Uh, speaking of Impact Wrestling, you know clearly they 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 have some sort of partnership with AEW now as we're watching it uh, unravel live here tonight um, on Impact Wrestling. We just got to see Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone. <laughs> plug AEW Dynamite on TNT. During... I like that old school background. I Dude, I love it. I love it. Um, as we see TJP come to the ring against Brian Myers or... Yeah, I think it's against Brian Myers. Yeah, we'll find out for sure. Yeah, unless but... it's a tag match. Anyway, this is one thing that really came to fruition and, and like up in the limelight over the the past few months concerning COVID-19 we had the big um, GCW debacle with their super show out in Indianapolis, Indiana where you had all these indie workers come and be a part of that show and then guess what (laughs) like 19 people there contracted COVID and then those people went back and they went back to their other indie spots and some went to AEW and, and whatnot, and other people got sick. And it's not so, good, guys. So now it's come out that um, Impact Wrestling was not testing their talent regularly. And let's face it, they're in Florida, which unfortunately is a COVID hotspot. Well, they're still in a hotspot, but they're in, they're in Nashville. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah, still, still a hot spot. Still a hot spot. Yeah. And so you now you you're doing business with another company, but not only that, you have their their world champion on loan. (laughs) So I shouldn't laugh, but so now, like, how does this play out for you, Matt? Is is this something that's going to affect their relationship, or is this something that? 
they're going to finally get right and, and take the time to to fix if they're going to want to do business with other companies. I'll tell you what, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm, I'm making sure that they fix that. Here's the thing. I'm not going to get political on this. I really don't care what anybody's standpoint on, on, on the virus and how lethal it is or whatever. We got to follow rules to keep the business going, right? Sure. So follow the fucking rules. Yeah. Test your, test your, test your people. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Right. Test your people. Um, and that's and if I'm Tony Khan or if I'm any company working with a, with another company, that's same thing. You know, if you're going to bring an Impact guys, I'm going to tell them, hey, if let's say you and I run an AEW, I'm telling Impact, hey, your guys are going to be safe with your talent's going to be safe with us. Everybody gets tested before they come to the building or however they do the testing. Everybody gets tested. Nobody comes through those doors until they test negative for the virus. Other than that, they can't come. We're not fucking going to spread this thing. We're not going to have, you know, I don't want, I, obviously I don't want anyone to get sick, you know, and, 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 and I can't have that on my conscience for one. Yeah, I and, agree with that. And, and, and then two, I'm not, I don't want my fucking doors being shut for good. If, if, if the federal government or the local government tell me I can stay open as long as we don't have these outbreaks, we're not going to have those, I'm doing everything in my power to make sure of that. It's stupid. It's stupid on their part to do that. They're on the brink, and we're still going to talk more into that. They're on the brink of, of something huge here. They better get their shit together. <laughs> because if not, this is another example of Impact Wrestling shoots himself in the goddamn foot. And it's something that they've done since the beginning of... Since 2002 when they opened. Wow. There's always been something that they've done wrong. Stop fucking things up, guys. <laughs> Test your people. I'm going to stay on AEW, and you know, we're, we're going to talk about the big thing that happened um, on the, I can't remember the date, I think it was December 2nd episode of, uh, of, of AEW Dynamite. Okay. The biggest thing that happened, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but let's talk about another big thing that happened. It was the AEW debut of of a guy that I love so much. It is Sting. Sting in AEW. Now, breaking for me before we started re- recording, uh, I, I did read from multiple sources. Nothing's confirmed yet. Nothing's, nothing's like etched in stone. You know, maybe we'll find out something. I doubt it on the uh, December 9th episode of Dynamite, if I'm getting my dates right. Um, but... But Sting, obviously, he signed a long-term contract. Or if it's not obvious, he signed a long-term contract, multi-year deal. But it is being reported by multiple sites that they do intend on putting him in the ring. Really? Yes. That's an update for me. And uh, so, Sting in AEW, your thoughts? (sighs) Well, the news of him being put in the ring... um, Again, I know that changes things a lot. It, it does, absolutely. Because prior to this, the only thing that I had heard was they were thinking about it. Like, it wasn't completely off the table. But if they chose to do it and he was okay with it, they would obviously handle it with the utmost uh, cautiousness. Because of his spinal stenosis, you know, you yes. obviously don't want him to to um, go backwards and... Um, have something horrible like that happen again so um thanks again Seth Rollins (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, but congrats. Yeah. <laughs> congrats on that kid. You know what I said? You know what I said, too? And I'm going to... There's going to be a lot of women that are not going to like this statement. Oh, boy. But I was like, you know, now that now that she gave birth, he needs to put another baby in her so you take more time off. Oh. Just, just keep taking time off. <laughs> go, be a, go be a dad. That's brilliant. <laughs> How to get Seth Rollins away from professional wrestling. We found a... Becky Lynch, if you're listening, do do you, the job. You're about to have 11 kids. Just huh? do the job. Everybody will thank you for it. Um, Hall of Fame right there. <laughs> uh, Stinks. We stink. just lost a lot of female listeners. <laughs> <laughs> some, hand, some Handmaid's Tale shit right there. <laughs> um, Sting in AEW. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited, uh, you know, you and I talked about this uh, with a friend of the show before we started recording, and it it means something, um, and, and, and I say that with, <laughs> with the utmost um, r- respect for the guy, mm-hmm. you know, it has come out that Sting, a.k.a. Steve Borden, wanted to be on WWE programming for, like, over the course of his entire um, contract with the company, and he was denied multiple times. He would come up with pitches, even as a, in a managerial sense, and they were just, they refused to use him. Again, it was one of those signings where just like, hey... We're we're going to uh, pretty much keep you on ice, and that's it. He wasn't happy with the way his career, quote unquote, ended because obviously it hasn't. Mm-hmm. If he's coming back, but right. this has become a run of the mill situation. It really has. You have a lot of this talent signed by WWE, and they just they put a lot of guys on ice so that they don't have to have them competition. You know. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And you, these guys suffer for years and years, and then when they finally get released back out into uh, a non WWE contract, they have to start all over again uh, for the most part, you know. Um, but clearly, he has value. Uh, we were talking about, and 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 again, this isn't like the only measure of his success and and his worth, but. Just to put it in some sort of perspective, you know, he comes out in his own AEW t-shirt the moment you see him, yeah. and it, not even 12 hours into the sale of that shirt, he has broken every t-shirt selling record for that company in the matter of twelve hours, less than 12 hours. So you can't sit there and tell me that there are not... Like, he has no worth or no value. Right. Like, that's just right there. That's proof. It might not be all the proof, but it's proof nonetheless. And so, for me, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him back. I don't know how much he's going to be doing in the ring. I imagine it's not much. Right. Yeah. But just to have him back, just to have that presence. And I'm not even that big of a fan of Sting in general. Right. And also the Crow Sting. I, I just... To me, I I would much rather see the the California blonde haired that sting. Yeah, but I'll take him anyway. I can get him at sure. this point, you know. So it's nice to see him back. 
I'm glad he, he's getting one last opportunity to end things on his terms uh, with his career. Because let's face it, if there's one guy uh, that is a legit legend these days that should have that opportunity, it's Sting. Who does he face? Because I, I can tell you right now, we're watching Fall Brawl uh, 1998 and we see Chris Jericho in the ring. That's that's a guy that's been been saying he wants his, he wants to crack and, out. And you know what? He's already teased it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got the there's an image out there where you know Sting's in the black and white face paint, and so is Jericho with the pain maker face paint. Yeah. Would I like to see that match? I don't know. It, I, it seems safe. It, it does. Seems it, safe. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the thing. If you're going to have him in there with someone who you could trust mm-hmm. and and you know is going to be experienced enough to not hurt Sting, I would have to say it's Chris Jericho out of that company. Cody Rhodes, also yes. a, a contender for that, that spot. Everybody else that I could think of right off the top of my head that works for AEW, not so sure about. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at his debut, you know, he, he came out, um, and the people that were in that ring or, or he... I, he technically didn't help out anybody, but but Team Taz was was getting over on on Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen. You know, I don't see anybody as much as I love Ricky Starks. I you know I I just I just don't know. I don't know if the, the styles clash. You know, Brian Cage and and definitely not Hobbs. But you know, you looked at the his staring down. Obviously, it was Cody Rhodes. It was Dustin Rhodes. But it was Darby Allen, and and Darby Allen raised a lot of eyebrows too. But again, I say the same things I do with, with, about Ricky Starks. I just don't see. I don't see the styles clashing. I think I think you need you need somebody that's that's more old school. I think you need somebody that's more slow paced to begin with, and I think that's why Jericho Jericho uh, you know obviously is not is not a young man anymore as far as wrestling is concerned. Um, and <laughs> believe it or not, that does help, ladies and gentlemen, this in the situation. You need somebody that that can do that style of match, deliver it. But also have that aura because a guy like Darby Allen or Ricky Starks, they're going to rely on athleticism. That's how they're going to get over. Chris Jericho and Sting can get over, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm downselling this match, but they can get over by doing as little as possible. And that's kind of what you want because, again, you don't want a situation where Sting is collapsing in the middle of the ring. You don't want that to happen. Now, with that being said, and now they have a partnership with Impact Wrestling, is there anybody on the Impact Wrestling roster that you could see Sting working with? Uh, off the top of my head, I, 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 don't, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> it's obviously a company he's familiar with. You're right. But uh, I don't know. I I, I don't th- I don't think so. Top. I mean, unless am I missing somebody? But I can't really think of anybody that's pop. There's a lot of young talent on yeah. this roster now. I, I I think I think again, it helps to have. We'll call Chris Jericho a, a legend because some people will consider him that. We'll, you, that legend, almost legend stale, status, a guy that can just again get over just by just just them being in the ring together. And keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this has never happened before. This, you know, Chris Jericho's career was, you know, beginning to take off, and then he left for WWE for, you know, one of the good, one of the good WWE signings that happened. <laughs> um, you know, obviously Sting would would, would would stay, 
but it never happened. They never crossed paths. You know, they, he never worked for Impact Wrestling in Chris Jericho. You know, it, it that it, it kind of sells itself in that sense. You know, Cody Rhodes again. Cody Rhodes is is used to you know he's got that NWA style of wrestling, and that's kind of what you need. You can't have you can't put him in there against somebody that's that's more fast paced. Um, and those are the two guys that kind of stand out to me the most. As much as I love Sting, I was a little Stinger growing up. I, I'm it's one of my favorite wrestlers. It, it is my favorite wrestler. I'm, I'm one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, as far as the the overall package goes, you know, it's it's hard for me to sit there and and, and say I'm excited to see Sting in the ring because I'm I'm not like jumping for joy for it. He's 61 years old. He's not in the best you know ring shape in the, anymore. He's not going to deliver, you know, the matches that I, you know, I would like from the see. Would it be cool? It's cool on paper. We'll see how they do it. I think they'll take care of him. I, I know they'll take care of him. Or at least they'll attempt to. But it's always, I'm always going to watch it with a grain of salt because, or because, it's like, it doesn't need to happen. And also too, I'm always going to be worried until the the match ends. That like, okay. Is he gonna be alright? Right. right. <laughs> um, more so than anybody else. So, but yeah, overall, man, it's <laughs> I fucking I, I it took me by surprise too because I didn't see it coming. No, I, I don't think anybody did, and and that's that was that's what was great about it. Uh, I you know I talked to a fan of the show, Mister Wrestling Six, and he was talking about uh, how it just reminded of of him of being a kid again or yeah. being younger yeah. like wow you know they they genuinely pulled the wool over my eyes and caught me by surprise which is a hard thing to do these days especially in professional wrestling because let's face it everything is fucking leaked dirt sheets you know? galore yeah so as we see Ernest the Cat Miller beating down people in the parking lot <laughs> with uh, Norman Smiley Norman Smiley yeah was this windbreaker Nike? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we know Sting's next move, obviously. he's He is now AEW. Let's talk about another next move for somebody else. Uh, Davey Boy... Davey, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Um, he exited the first round of MLW's Opera Cup. Mm-hmm. And is now gone from the company. Uh, I bring him up in specific out of, out of all this uh, talent leaving here and there. You know, Cody Hall is, is one of those talents also leaving MLW. But um, I bring Davey Boy up specifically because he seemed like if there was anybody that fit like a glove for MLW, it was it was that guy. I agree. And for them to let him go, like, what do you think is going on? I wanted your opinion. Is this um, is this uh, another unfortunate talent raid uh, that Core Bauer is letting some other company get away with, or is this is this something where the relationship has changed? It didn't seem like Core Bauer was was like holding a grudge or anything mm-hmm. um, with this this talent leaving so uh, what are your thoughts man what, what's going on i i don't know if it's a payroll situation um obviously they've been they've been out of action for a number of months um i'm not quite sure with that but uh 
I'll tell you what, this is this is one of those one of those situations that uh, really just kind of kind of suck. It really sucks because you said you, you hit the nail right on the head. When you look at if we were to do a, a complete fantasy draft, he's a first round draft pick for MLW. Absolutely. I mean, he fit perfectly for that company. Should have been world champion. Uh, I, I and I really I was. There's not much I, more I can say that hasn't already been said about that situation. Um, as far as where he goes, I can tell you where I, I want him to go, and that's nowhere here in the United States. I think he fits better in New Japan right now, uh, or in Japan, anywhere in Japan right now. I, I think his wrestling style. Uh, if you look at MLW too, even though they don't have like a direct relationship with New Japan, that if you if you really pay attention, a lot of the wrestling is almost strong style like in yeah. so many ways and he fits perfectly in that I mean shit they even they even have like fucking factions the way that New Japan has factions like they have teams for everybody now um but I, I think I, I think uh, I think it's a really a really shitty situation um if it is a raid and he kind of let it happen I'll tell you what I'm <laughs> I'm not looking I'm not looking forward to where MLW is going to go in the future um I don't know. Again, I don't know if it was a payroll situation, if it was one of those things with the pandemic and being shut down, if they just couldn't afford his contract and they, you know, they reluctantly told him, "Hey, you gotta go," or "It's okay to go," kind of thing, and maybe they can do business again in the future. But uh, it just really sucks, man. And, and as far as where he goes, again, I, 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 I wish him, I wish he would go to New Japan. I, I think that's where he fits best. That's where his wrestling style is going to be appreciated the most. Um, and I really don't even want to humor a a, a a possible U.S. company for him to work for. Um, if I had to pick one, I I like them to stay in something like Ring of Honor for now, uh, just because again I, I think you you know in, in in the in the times of you know pure wrestling coming back in Ring of Honor and things of that nature. I think that just fits the best. He's not a gimmicky guy, you know. He's not going to fit well in in storylines per se. He's just a fucking wrestler. Yeah. That's what he does. <laughs> so let him do that. He lets us stay on MLW. I you brought up MLW. It's kind of kind of take took the piss off my question here, but it, <laughs> it, it's, I have a habit of doing that. <laughs> It's still, it's still, it's still worth asking. the The restart has has been official for a number of weeks now. We are in the midst of an Opera Cup. We are in the midst of just reopening for MLW Fusion, which you can catch every Wednesday. You can catch them. You can catch them every week. New episode is uh, launches uh, weekly on Fight. You can go over to our website at twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash fight. That's F I T E. MLW is going to be free every single week, but there is a plethora of great uh, premium content. And if you, again, go through our link, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight, that's F-I-T-E, become a new subscriber. You're going to get $15 worth of credits on us to enjoy uh, wrestling, boxing, MMA, and everything else they have on that great streaming service. So MLW is back, and... My question to you is simple. What is your takes on, on, on the restart? Dave Boy Smith is 0-2. Obviously, he's done. Mm-hmm. 
But what do you what is what do you think is the future now? Now that we talked Davy Bushnell Jr. side, the future of MLW, and how important is them coming back? What does that mean now for the rest of the wrestling world? Um, first things first, uh, I I want to put this out there for sure. Okay, Court Bauer. There's there's a lot of people who who are hit or miss with him. I for one, uh, I need people to understand that he is no longer working with the WWE. He has not had that relationship for ages now. Okay, okay. he used to be a writer for them. I get it. Please move the fuck past <laughs> that. Okay, he owns MLW now. Okay, that's what he does. Now, he might book for them. This is something completely different, okay? We're not talking about fucking Smackdowns from 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay? So please, all you people out there who can't get over that, please, take the time. We've got a couple weeks here left in 2020 now. Take the time and get over it. Okay? <laughs> that's your homework. That's your, yeah, that's, that's your 20 by 20 crew homework. Just fucking <laughs> get over Court Bauer because he is definitely a wrestling mind to be reckoned with. And I say this because MLW, they're, they've got the right idea. Much like Ring of Honor, they fucking put the, the halt on everything. And they're coming back, and they're coming back stronger. You want to talk about a strong wrestling company, you look at MLW. How many times, Matt, how many times have they been talent rated over the past couple of years? How many times have people told them, dude, you lost all your fucking talent, you might as well close up shop because yeah. you're not going to go anywhere. And they come back with a better roster. I'm looking forward to MLW. Right under the NWA, for me, MLW is like my favorite. And it is nice to have them back. I love the fucking Opera Cup. Um, I really can't ask for much more. What it means to the overall industry? More competition. more Another place for guys to go work potentially. You know, yeah, it sucks that Davey Boy's not going to be there. But guess what? That leaves room for, for someone else. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it's been divulged yet, but he... Court Bauer had come out and said he's surprised that the the information hasn't been leaked already, but Davy Boy's replacement is someone that is pretty well known and pretty famous in professional wrestling. So I don't know who it is, but I can't wait to see. I'm excited. And uh, I'm sure whoever it is, he's going to have a place on that roster, and he'll feel like a glove, and Court will make it work. So, uh, that's, that's, that's what it means to me. That's what it means to the, to the entire industry. Um, there's a lot of potential there. Bottom line, a lot of potential and yeah, they're not going to have, uh, you know, AEW numbers per se, uh, whatever that means to, to the fanboys out there. Obviously it's not going to be as big as WWE, but let's face it. Who the fuck wants that these days? Yeah. Sincerely, who wants that? So, I don't want to hear that argument either. So, uh, bottom line, a lot of potential, and you need to be happy that they're back. 
playing something. Absolutely, I agree. Speaking of being back, ROH. Yes. I just previously mentioned them briefly. ROH came back, started off with their peer tournament. Peer tournament is over with. They are. We are uh, in the the eve of uh, ROH's final battle taking place here. A couple weeks <laughs> and uh, hell of a card they're putting together. Um, I'm so glad that they have such strict COVID procedures. Again, another company doing it right, doing it well. We've got one hell of a show booked. Ten matches already on the books. I don't know if it's going to get any bigger. But uh, you and I were talking about double duty for their newest pure champion, mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan Gresham. He's got he's to defend the tag team titles with Jay Lethal that night. And then he's also got to defend the pure title. And, uh, you know, if anybody's going to pull double duty these days and, and get away with it and, and have a successful night, it's going to be him. But ROH as a whole, your thoughts. What are they doing right? What do you love? What do you love about this uh, ROH final battle lineup? Which you can catch on Honor Club and Fight TV. Again, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash F-I-T-E. Again, get that uh, $10, $15 credit, whatever it is at the at the moment, um, on us and, and uh, watch ROH final battle. Well, the first the first thing I could say about uh, about Ring of Honor, it's great. It's obviously great to see them back. Amazing tournament in the uh, the Ring of Honor Pure tournament that crowns a new uh, rechristened Ring of Honor Pure Championship and a Pure Champion in uh, Jonathan Gresham. <clears throat> obviously, you know it's it's another one of those things that that COVID hit and and and, and had me missing. Ring of Honor is, is so important to professional wrestling, and it has been important for to professional wrestling for well over a decade. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's becoming a household name or if they're they, you know they lose a bunch of talent like MLW. It's it's something that they live and die by, but they always seem to find a way to bring in new talent and get them get them over in ways that were now they become the next legit guy. And with the exception of a couple matches, I'm kind of scratching my head with. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, I know the one you and I were talking about before we started recording. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, I'll just go ahead and say, I mean, you got, you got, uh, lethal and Gresham defending the titles uh, the tag titles against Mark Briscoe and PCO. I, I don't understand that PCO, Mark Briscoe. Yeah, it, well, team. you and I were kind of speculating is it COVID related? You know, was, was there something that they had to rebook because of a COVID incident? But so far, none, none of that has been. Yeah, has been put out there for for anybody to digest. I, so I mean, both Briscoes are wrestling that night. Jay Briscoe just happens to be in a singles match. It's just, it's kind of goofy for me. I, I I'm not. Maybe we'll get some answers through like a, an interview or, sure. or, or a segment yeah. in uh, ROH TV. I guess for for Ring of Honor for for Final Battle or should I say Ring of Honor ending twenty twenty, my only issue is 
whether or not it's not whether he wins or not, but whether or not Roosh is going to be with if with the company going forward into 2021. Um, he's him and Dragon League. Him and Dragon League. Yeah, their their contracts end December 31st of 2020. And it it, it obviously it fucking sucks because they they sat most of the year just like a lot of people, and um, it just. It, I understand, you know, Ring of Honor, like I said, they'll find a way to segue, but those guys are so important to to what they wanted to do. It'd be unfortunate if, uh, you know, if it got cut short the way that it did without them ever getting getting over to the next level or helping getting talent over to that next level because as as good of a wrestler as Brody, uh, Brody King has been and can be, him... Him having him him having one match against Roosh, compared to him having a rivalry against Roosh, two completely different things. Absolutely, man. And and having a, a rivalry with a guy like Roosh who is going to fucking bring it to a guy like Brody King who had spent some time in Japan, had some had had a good tenure in Japan, really was able to showcase his wrestling ability. Finally, I think I think is it's an opportunity to help mold. A younger talent into a potential superstar. Uh, I don't like using that 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 word because of you know WWE kind of ruined it. But that that next level, and and, and I, I think uh, I think it'd be great if, if obviously if Rouge stayed around for that, and, and you know just for the fact that he's that fucking good. Um, but man, it, you know, I'll tell you what. From watching it, I, I missed a couple episodes. I, I'm behind in a few episodes, but they haven't missed a beat, man. They haven't missed a beat. You can tell that they're just they're they're hungry to fucking entertain you. They're they're in front of no an empty arena just like most other people, and it's one of those shows where I don't even notice it. It's that it's that good. Yeah. Um. It's so important that Ring of Honor's back. I'll tell you what. If you're gonna call yourself a, a professional wrestling fan, you gotta check them out. They're on every Monday night on on, on Fight. That's again twenty x twenty three dot com. Slash podcast slash fight that's F I T E every Monday night, seven PM Eastern. For free. Yeah. Seven PM Eastern, six PM Central for free. You don't have to pay a dime for it. Um it, yeah, man. You it's it's one of the best hours if not the best hour in professional wrestling every single week. But yeah, it's great. It, it's it's so important for them to be back to help pro wrestling thrive again. <clears throat> Uh, you know what? I'm gonna do a, a a little fun one here. Um, just just because I don't I don't like what's gonna happen on a future episode <laughs> of AEW. Uh, for a lot of people, at this point, by the time you hear this, it'll, it'll already have happened. Uh, Shaq is coming to to AEW. Now I don't really want to fucking talk about that. Okay. But here's a fun question I wanted I want to ask you, because I hate celebrity matches. Yes. I hate him. But is there a, cele- a particular celebrity today that if they were to get involved in wrestling, you'd be like, hmm, that could work? Wow. That's a good question. Uh, oof. It's one of those on-the-spot questions. That's I- okay. <laughs> I, I, I relish these types of questions. It keeps my mind, my old mind, <laughs> sharp. Sharp like the cheddar that I love. Um... <laughs> Let's see here. Well, 
I tell you, I tell you one that would would garner a lot of pay per view money. Okay. Whether whether I like to admit this or not, and that's Donald Trump. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if people know this, but as we record this, as you're hearing this, uh, he's he's prepping some sort of television special for the day he has to leave office, which is January twentieth. Of 2021. Again, I thought that was just called the inauguration. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, I don't think he's willing to participate in the inauguration ceremony. I think he's going to do his own thing and possibly charge money for it. Okay. So, that that ought to be, not that I'm going to sit there and watch it, but that ought to be pretty interesting as to how that actually goes down. Um... I'll tell you another one, and and we might see this come to fruition at some point if if Jericho has his way. Okay. Uh, and that's Mike Tyson. Because they were already supposed to do this. He was at double or nothing, yes. Yeah, and then plans got scrapped. But he's also come out and said that the door for that to happen is still open. Okay. And they're just kind of awaiting... Um, COVID-19 to calm down enough to where it's copacetic for this to actually work. As we see Deanna Perrazzo and Kimberly come to the ring over on uh, Access TV there during Impact Wrestling. I think we're doing the, the, the knockout tag team. Not part of the question, but is that, is that a title they should have brought back? I know we're segueing a little bit here. but uh, I'm, not, I'm not super like keen on it coming back. I, I'm not either. Uh, but if they've got the division to do it, and hopefully their their roster stays healthy, then I'm all for it. Because let's face it, over the years, uh, Impact's knockout division has always been interesting, and they've always gone against the grain of what's going on. Yeah, um, I agree. So it'll be interesting as we see Taya Valkyrie come to the ring now. Um, I forget who her partner is in this. But um, yeah, I would say I would say the other one that comes to mind right off the top of my head is is definitely Mike Tyson, and uh, you know he's he's shown previous years that he's he's able to to do it and do it successfully, and um, you know you know we he just uh, fought Roy Jones Jr. a couple weeks ago now yeah, and um, I'm sure there will be a rematch to that because of the whole draw thing and whatever sure, but. Sure. But, uh, yeah, that would be another one that, uh, right off the top of my head, that should work. You brought you brought up Mike Tyson, so i got to ask. If you're a pro wrestler, are you a little worried about being stiff against a guy like Mike Tyson who might, uh, might give you a potato here or there? You know, this was brought up, um, I think, by Jericho when he was talking about Mike Tyson and trying to do it do something with him in mm. the future um and then uh who did he talk about too i think it was frank shamrock frank shamrock yeah not okay. ken yeah frank shamrock because of um what was the actor's name oh. mickey rourke oh, okay mickey rourke uh when mickey rourke uh was supposed to do the the stuff in wwf years ago um, Jericho was talking about it how Mickey at some point it got in Mickey Rourke's head that they were going to double cross him 
and and work stiff against him and legitimately try to fuck him up for like trying to be like get into pro wrestling and because of that there was this big communication breakdown and Jericho had to come out and tell him like hey man like I don't know what the fuck you're thinking but that's not the case and you also don't have to worry about potatoing me because I've been potatoed by other guys much more experienced than yourself and I can take it so with that said this is still a little bit different because it's Mike Tyson uh, yeah. you know my if it's one thing <laughs> it's one thing for you to get potatoed by Mickey Rourke I'm sure of it mm-hmm. as opposed to Mike Tyson because if you get potatoed by Mike Tyson chances are it's going to hurt a little bit more um, if, to you say, feel, if you feel it at all yeah to say the least so uh, yeah those are good answers I mean Mike Tyson definitely works and he is a wrestling fan mm-hmm. he is a diehard wrestling fan uh, do you do you remember this this particular injury at Fall Brawl '98? I do. Buff Bagwell. Yeah, Buff Bagwell fucked up his neck. Uh, unfortunate, and again, this is one of the handful of neck injuries he had sustained um, in his career. And if I'm not mistaken, earlier this year, he I think I want to say like June, July, maybe even early August, he had that car accident. Where again he fucked up his neck, so um, this is just something that has plagued him throughout his his career for 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 lack of of good reasons or not, you know. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, uh, this this most recent issue with the uh, the car accident, you know, he was under the influence of some sort of pill. Okay. So that didn't help, and I think he drifted off while he was driving, and uh, that's what caused the accident. But yeah, now in this match, it was it was Steiner versus Steiner, Rick versus Scott, Buff Bagwell was obviously on. Uh, well, for those who don't know, it was on Scott Steiner's side. And the match goes about five and a half minutes, and then you know, then then it ends in a no contest. Obviously, they're not going to finish the match. I always looked at, at, at something like this. Is it is it a good idea to should you always have a, a backup plan, a plan B in case somebody gets hurt? You know, is it a good idea to kind of just break the fourth wall here and you know everyone's worried about each other, or should they have not necessarily moved on to the next segment? That's also poor taste. But should there, should there be something, whether it be footage or show? Or something to kind of get away from this particular incident, because it's it's just not an easy thing to watch if you're watching live. What what's the, what's in your opinion? What's the best the best plan of attack? And I know it's hard to to, to, to kind of answer that question when you're live in front of a live audience. Well, in front of a live audience, there's nothing you can do about that. But you know, as far as the people at home who are watching on pay per view at the time, you know, what's the best thing to do? She, I mean, you're, they're still following him. Into the, in, they're they're well into the the, the backstage, backstage area. area. Yeah, should should this be happening or should they be moving on to the next segment? And I'm not trying to say it's not important that Buff Bagwell's his well being is not important, but you know if 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 you feel the need to kind of continue on him, should we even be doing wrestling at all 
because you still have pay-per-view, you still have a time frame you have to kind of get everything done by. You still have business you got to run. Anybody who's ever booked for a wrestling company, fantasy or otherwise, Mm -hmm. yeah, you should always have a plan B. And, yeah, these guys are professionals and yeah they're trained to do what they do because uh, rick steiner's following them too and yeah and, and obviously that's breaking kayfabe tremendously here absolutely um but it, it it's breaking kayfabe in a in a good way in my opinion okay and i know not everybody's gonna agree with that but clearly he's hurt and he is one of the boys yeah you you know, that's uh, for all intent and purposes, that's his coworker. Of course, you're going to worry about your coworker, especially yeah. Yeah. if you might have had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, is is this what you should do during this time and just follow follow that? I'm going to say yes, and okay. my reasoning might be a lot different than what everybody else thinks, and I'm going to say it. So here it goes. Yes, they should, in this particular case, they should have kept with them through the ambulance and the whole nine. And here's where your commentators come in, your color guys. If if they're doing their job, they're going to explain away what's going on. And I'm not saying they got to stay with kayfabe because obviously Rick Steiner's sitting right there in front of your, you know, and and here we see it obviously was a work. Okay. But there's been times with Buff Bagwell where he has been legitimately hurt in the ring, and it has been his neck, and that's why this spot worked. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were watching this live, I remember watching this live, and I remember like, shit, he's got hurt again. And now what, you know? And it wasn't until he busts out of the fucking ambulance and comes back after Rick Steiner yeah. that you're like, oh shit, he got me. But yeah, you want to do that. And if you're the color guys during this this segment, there's one important thing that you have to do, in my opinion. And that's sell this as a fucking PSA. So like, ladies and gentlemen, this shit is real. Mm-hmm. You can get hurt. Right. The whole nine. Regardless of what hap- what happens after, mm-hmm. whether it's a work or not, you still take that opportunity. Because then if it is a work, the commentator should come out of it like, oh, you know, he had us and blah, 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 yeah. blah. Okay? But, yeah, I would use it always as a PSA. You know, going back to, you know, Foley falling off the, well, not falling, being thrown <laughs> sure, off the sure, top sure. of the Hell in the Cell against Undertaker. Yeah. If you go back and listen to the color commentating by Jim Ross, he works in a PSA about how how he just defied death and this is something that you should not do. Right. You know, that you, these are trained professionals and whatnot, whatnot. And, and, and not that I want to see something... Look, that, that, that Hell in a Cell that you mentioned, obviously one of the most talked about matches ever. Oh, God! <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those things that is, is great... And I use the term great as in um, as impactful as it was as a wrestling match or whatever you want to call it. Not like great. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I don't want to see it happen again because you are defying death by doing something like that. And if you if you go back and if you go through the WWE Network, again, 20x23.com slash podcast slash WWE Network, all one word, 30 days free, 
absolutely free. Check out a bunch of great stuff on there. If you go and watch the most recent uh, or one of the episodes of WWE Untold, uh, you know, Undertaker breaks it down to what happened. And you go, yes, there's that spot, but then there's the choke slam through the cell where it was actually one of those things that it was beneficial that Undertaker wrestled hurt that night. Because had he had not and was able to get under, or Mick Foley up higher, he would have fell on top of him and probably killed him. Yep. Um, so, like, I look at, like, a lot of people that post these things on, online, and I know I'm segueing here, so I'll just leave it. I'll make it real brief. There's a certain football team and their fans <laughs> that think it's funny to... to, to Throw people through tables. Yeah. Uh, in parking lots. Uh-huh. And, and I'll tell you what. It's, it's fucking stupid. It's incredibly unsafe. And I don't care how much of a pussy I sound like. I don't want to see people get fucking hurt for uh, out of plain stupidity. Yeah. I, these, are tra- these are trained professionals. And fucking shit does happen. It does. Uh, so, yeah. I, I'm going to fucking do a PSA. Don't, don't, don't do this at home. Don't wrestle at home. Just fucking watch the yeah, fucking Leave thing. it up to the professionals. Yeah. And I've done my fair share of it, and I've I've been lucky enough. Minor injuries. Uh, we talked uh, about uh, it on the show. Uh, yeah. But, and, but well, you know what, too? Segwaying into my next question. Okay. How about that fucking ECWA clip? <laughs> Folks, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's floating around all over the damn place. I know we posted it in our Facebook group. Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20 Wrestling Talk. It is a match. I don't know who's involved in the match, to be honest with you, but it is from ECWA. East Coast Wrestling Association. Absolutely. They put on good shows, actually. I did watch the Super 8 tournament uh, earlier this year. But uh, this particular clip... Not good. Not good. Uh, (laughs) You've got one wrestler on the outside standing in front of the ringside seats. Uh, his opponent comes flying out of the ring for a tope suicida, mm-hmm. uh, a suicide dive, and he completely misses him and crashes into the first two sets of uh, chairs there, the first two rows of chairs. Uh, pretty bad landing. I hope the guy's not hurt too bad. Um, I'm assuming he got back up and, and things were okay. We haven't heard anything otherwise, but... Um, your opinion of that clip, man? Was it was it any one guy's fault? Was it a, a fault of both of theirs? Was there some sort of communication breakdown? I know it's kind of hard to tell because yeah. it's such a quick clip. Well, all right. So you got a guy in the ring. Obviously, he's about to jump out, and a guy on the outside. Now, from what I was able to see, the guy on the outside had enough time to position himself. They, it looks like they knew the spot was coming because all the fans had spread out. Now, if you go to indie shows where there's not a lot of room for those kind of moves, the the people kind of working the ring, the ring crew kind of like, hey, tell you like, hey, you guys got to move. It kind of sucks that they're letting you know that spot's going to happen, so it's not really a surprise. But that's generally what happens at these small indie shows. Okay, so I'm kind of I'm wanting to paint that picture. Everyone was spread out. I, I look, I get it's a COVID audience, so it's probably not that big to begin with. Uh, even you know it's it's already a small indie show on top of COVID. I'm sure it's even smaller. But going by how many chairs they had at that spot, I think it looked like people kind of just moved out of the way. 
So it looked like they, they, and again, I'm just guessing here. This is kind of an educated guess. I'm assuming that they knew the spot was going to happen. So therefore, the wrestler on the outside had plenty of time to prepare himself. Now, what his job is, for those who don't realize it, his job is to break the momentum of the guy jumping from the outside. And I'll also sell it as a legit move. But he is there as a cushion. He's there to do make sure that that guy doesn't fucking go what he did. I saw something a little bit different. To me, it looked like he knew the spot was coming. And when he came out of there, I don't think he was necessarily ready for him completely. And he just kind of like pussied out of it and like... Well, you know see, I mean? and and I was going to allude to that because, like, that's I, 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 what I saw, and I made a comment, and I, I, you laughed at the comment. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it on air, <laughs> but what I saw was the exact same thing. He kind of sidestepped the thing. Yeah, that's what it looked like. He sidestepped. And it. if that's the case, if he legit sidestepped that and it wasn't supposed to, he needs to not fucking. Be in a wrestling locker room anymore? No, there was a, a that breaks a lot of rules. There was a wrestler. Uh, I forgive me for not remember who it was, but there was a wrestler from Kaiju Big Wrestling um, who had posted the clip and said, "Could we just please hire guys who could c- actually catch guys?" <laughs> and he posted the clip. It's not wrong. He's not wrong. Absolutely. So um, yeah, that's what I took away from the clip. It looked like he sidestepped. Uh, the guy, and if that is the case, absolutely, that guy needs to reevaluate his his uh, his career choice. his career choice. Yeah. Absolutely. And I tell you what, if, if 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 that's the case, I would be disappointed in that locker room if they allowed him to change back there. I'd I'd have thrown his fucking gear out the fucking door, tell him to go, tell him to leave, <laughs> and and be thankful that is you know he he was still walking. Now. If it was supposed to happen that way, I'm also deeply disturbed because, as I said, that's some fucking PCO shit. That yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what popped me. Fucking, I use that now from now on. I use that in my everyday life. Are you kidding me? That's some fucking PCO shit. I mean, if this guy is legit jumping out and going to crash into chairs. Again, another guy needs to reevaluate his career because mm-hmm. you are not going to last long in this business if you're going to purposely hurt yourself. Just like that certain fans of football teams that like to put people through Oy. fucking tables. Oy. I respect that your team's good this year, but goddamn. <laughs> that's stupid. We, we got a few questions each left. Uh I said I wasn't no more WWE, but I had to reevaluate a question because I just realized we had the same question. So I use one using one of my backup questions here. Andrade, WWE guy, unfortunately. Yeah. Vince McMahon sees nothing in him. We we've talked about that in this podcast a few times, but it looks like his career, at least for the foreseeable future, may be saved. Due to his relationship with a certain Flair, um, Charlotte Flair is scheduled to be coming back. Rumor has it that they're going to do an on-screen romantic angle. Because that's what we fucking need. <laughs> so Andrade, it looks like Andrade's career is going to be 
be safe for the foreseeable future if that is if that is indeed true what is your thoughts on that i know it's it's a, it's 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 pathetic that they don't see anything in him without charlotte but is this an, is, i guess it's an opportunity for for andrade but is it a good opportunity cuz the man's one of the best he is one of the best um you know what <laughs> it, this one, this one's a little tricky. So, is it something good for him? Um, I think it has the potential, and and in a very roundabout way, mind you, I think it has the potential for him to not one, not only get on camera, but two, <laughs> yeah, but two, maybe, maybe do something within that storyline that will change their mind. And then have him come back, yeah, and and maybe we'll get to see him a little more, you know, do something worthwhile for that company. But the selfish wrestling fan in me wishes he would just fucking go somewhere else. Oh yeah, you know that doesn't uh, change, you know. So uh, I I do wish him all the best, I really do. But uh, I think for the foreseeable future. That uh, he's stuck there, and he's going to be subjected to shit like this. And if it takes a, a, a flair to to have some romantic angle with him, then so be it. At least he's doing something, and he's got the potential to, to, to make something happen out of that. You know what I mean? Yep. That's all I can say, because, you know, unless they release him, you know, and then if that's the case, man, I would, I would fucking love to see him in all all sorts of places, man. You know, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of that company and uh, letting people go or making people stay, I wanted to touch on Mike Kyoto, the um, longtime referee over there in the WWE. Five years, I believe. Yeah, I remember seeing Mike Kyoto. Uh, multiple times at different shows and pay-per-views uh, that we've attended over the years. And there was a point where um, we were at, I think it was a house show at the Rosemont, Rose, Rosemont Horizon out, out here in Chicago. And it was in between matches and we just, we felt uh, Kyoto was working too damn hard. So we started a, a Kyoto chant. We got everybody to go along with us as he's just kind of, getting the ring cleared out and set up and stuff. And he acknowledged us, you know, gave us a wave, you know, all that stuff. And, um, it, it really is sad to see someone who's been with that company for so long, just kind of get treated like, eh, you know, you're done here. We don't need you anymore. Um, he has come out. And that's the whole reason I brought this up. He's come out and publicly said that, Hey, I can't, I can't sit there and say Vince McMahon has not been loyal. Mm -hmm. The McMahons have been loyal to me for the past thirty-five years, and he's not discounting that at all. He said, but in, in the same token, if they would have told him, "Hey, we're, you know, we're not going to need you um, anymore, or we want you to end your career," you know, we'll give you six months, and then you got to leave. He would have been okay with that. 
And I think that speaks fucking volumes about Mike Kyoto and him not asking for much. Mm-hmm. You know, all he wanted was a chance at a proper send off. Yeah. And he didn't get it. And so uh, if you go back, I don't remember what edition of AEW Dynamite it was that he first showed up on, but they acknowledged him on camera as as Mike Kyoto and. Um, they gave uh, a background, a little bit of background about him leaving that other company, and and they were giving him a chance to 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 work again or whatever. And um, I don't think they put a time limit on on his stint with AEW, which is great. But also, this also leaves the door open for Kyoto to 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 quit the business on his terms. Yeah, and. Uh, that's one thing I, I totally admire about AEW, um, that they they are they're they're willing to to do that for him, because a lot of times referees in general are those unsung performers. Oh yeah, you know I don't get me wrong they're not always taking bumps and and doing a lot of the physical work, but you still got to control at least two people in the ring at all times, you know, and that's a job in and of itself. You know, you're you're helping guide these these performers or these pro wrestlers at, at some point during the match. You know, you have to do that match after match after match, night after night after night. So, um, I completely respect Mike Kyoto and and even the shittiest of referees out there, who I won't name names right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Mike Kyoto, man, uh, definitely. Uh, an awesome fucking ref, and I'm glad to see he's getting a second chance. That was your question. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, well, my question to you, uh, how, you know, what do you think? How do you feel about just WWE? Like, hey, you know, you've been with us for 35 years. Uh, you can go the fuck home now, without without much. Um, <laughs> there was like no two weeks, no none of that bullshit. They were just like, hey, we don't need anymore. Bye. I mean, I agree with everything that you said. Um, I, I've i always known as Mike Kyoto. Um, I actually, I used to, one of those fun little arguments I used to have with uh, my youngest sister who uh, watched, you know, grew, I, I got into wrestling, or I got her into wrestling. Uh, we would always we, we would argue over everything, including uh, including who was the better referee. You know, <laughs> for me it was my <laughs> for me it was legit Mike Kyoto, and uh, and for her it was Charles Robinson. Oh, okay. You know, so um, you know, Mike. I'd always I, for long. It's not a bad pick. It's not. It's not. And uh, I I'd always uh, I'd always say because he always had like that that uh, that that sleeve on. Yes. Um, you know, for on his on his arm, and I was like, "Look how hard that man's working." <laughs> I was like, you know, it just it's silly stuff like that. But uh, you know, for a guy who's been anybody's been with the company, you know, for for the, for that many years. I mean, I go back to like something like the Dusty Rhodes Hard Times, you know, promo. Yeah, it's what it seems like. You know, they they pretty much just 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 kicked them out. Yeah, and. You know, look, I, I understand we're in the midst of a pandemic and the things of that nature. You know, again, it, it just goes to I, he just wanted a little bit of, of the appreciation. Yeah. You know, I, I you, you know, there's a lot of people out there that will that will say, 
you know, all your your appreciation from your employer is your paycheck, and that's not that's not true. No, you know that's that's something that they have to give you. They don't have to show you appreciation. They should, if you're going to go in there and do the job. Yeah, they have to pay you. They legally have to pay you. That's that's just, that's how that's how work. You know. Yeah, that's that's, that's how it's done. Yeah, that's how it's done. <laughs> but as far as appreciation goes, you should recognize the people that have been there. You know, Mike Kyoto, who obviously is not only just a referee, but he's you know, he sets things. He sets up the the ring. He's taking care of guys when they've gotten hurt. You know, obviously that's a lot of things. Again, the unsung heroes of being a, a referee. He's referees also help call matches in the middle of a match. Yeah, there's a lot that they do. And you know, he's been a head guy for for 35 years. Maybe it was they couldn't, they didn't want to absorb that paycheck anymore. Maybe I don't know how much he's making. Right. But maybe that's maybe that was the case. And you know what? No matter how we feel about that, it is what it is. But you could have been open with him. Yeah. Instead of just telling them, hey, see ya, yeah. you're cut. You know, treating him like he was, you know, a developmental wrestler. Yeah. Because that's what they do to developmental wrestlers. That's what they do to supplemental talent. Mike, Mike Kyoto wasn't that. And it's, it's very unfortunate. And it's, to me, we're going to have a, 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 a 2020 episode, or end of 2020 episode. That's one of the biggest disappointments of the year was how they treated him. Believe it or not. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about at all in these questions, and we're like on question like 17 now. Yep. So disappointed in us. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to change that right now. We're going to talk New Japan. And I want to talk Super J Cup. It is, it is happening December 12th. You can catch that on NJPW World. You can go through our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW. You get 30 days for free, so you can watch this. You can watch this for free. You don't have to pay anything. Uh, go through, again, go through our website, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW. We see Chris Bay in the ring right now on Impact Wrestling. He's making his New Japan Pro Wrestling debut that night. He's taking on Clark Connors. Here's our first round. Clark Connors versus Chris Bay. ACH versus TJP. Ray Ray Horace versus Blake Christian. And El Fantasma versus Leo Rush. Now, I'm not... Fucking A. I'm not a Leo Rush fan, but I'm excited about that fucking match. What is... I'm not even gonna... I'm not gonna put you on the spot. I'm not gonna have you pick a winner. But... I like su- picking my nose. <laughs> but... <laughs> But Super J Cup 2020 is good to see the Super J Cup back in a, in the midst of a of a 2020 that obviously has been more downs than ups. This is a hell of a way to finish off the year for New Japan. Yeah, hell yeah. What's your take on on the Super J Cup? El Fantasma winner. There he has it. He defies me. He picks a winner anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um. But that's a great pick, though. Dude, yeah. this is much needed, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all that, happening one night, too. All happening one night, which... Uh, that is a little unsettling for me because... And, and I'm, I'm assuming it's because of COVID restrictions. I whether it be so. Whether it be for travel, visas, what have you. Uh, but, hey, I'm just happy that it's happening. Um, I'm happy that these are the participants. Um, you've got... 
quite the plethora of talent in there, which New Japan always brings to their tournaments. Make no mistake about it. And it's going to be real nice to see talent like Chris Bay in a New Japan ring. To, to pretty much, like, go strong style. Yeah. Let him do whatever the fuck he wants to do in there. It's kind of like Clark Connors, too. <sighs> Man, I'm telling you. I, I don't I don't think he's going to be a young lion much longer. He I don't think be. so either. I don't think so either. Um, and, and, and that's going to be interesting, too, now that we bring it up, is, you know... Uh, if, if anybody's familiar with the way New Japan runs things, you're a young lion up to a certain point, and then they let you go on excursion, and then you come back at some point. So it's going to be really interesting to see where these guys end up. You know, Clark Connors, New Japan trained, he could go fucking anywhere. Anywhere. And, and not only um, be an asset to that roster, but have really good potential at making an impact, no pun intended. Or is that where he goes? I, me personally, I don't, I wouldn't like to see him there. Although I think, I think he would do wonders. Mm. But, um, I'm, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. We're, we're going to talk, we're, <laughs> we're, well, I'm going to, I'm going to work in a bonus here. Okay. And mention where I want him to go. You okay. ready for this? Yes. Three letters. N W A. That's where I want to see him go. I want to see a lot of talent go there. They're back. I got. I got to work it. You, you I got to work it in them. there. I, I'm telling you, I got to work scout. it in there. <laughs> I got to work it in there. They're back. They've got a YouTube show again. They and do. A lot they of do. it is pre-recorded, but hey, I'll take what I can get. Yes. It's nice to see that first episode. They actually had the. Uh, Nick Aldis and um, Mike Mike Bennett Mike Bennett match yeah. um, that w- that had happened previously, which was uh, it was a pretty decent match. I gotta say the only downside to that match and and then Mike Bennett will tell you is that it was cut short. Yep, that was the only downside to that match. But Absolutely, yeah, I agree with you. I, so, I will hardly agree with you. Glad to see my boys back, and uh, I hope it gets bigger and better as as time goes on. But uh, yeah, back to the. The New Japan tournament, Super J Cup, Super J Cup. Um, yeah, this this whole one night thing is is my only uh, debacle here. Yeah, you know you've got Cause guys. Things can happen, and not, yeah, and then you've got fatigue. guys. Yeah, you've got guys gonna have having to go through fatigue and wrestling multiple times a night. So I would I would have I would have booked more matches then. I because so how how it's lined up. Uh, you got your first your first rounds gonna be your first four matches. And then they're going to go straight into the semifinals for your next two matches. And then they're going to put in a tag match, uh, Ren Narita and Carl Fredericks versus uh, Hikaleo and Kento of the Bullet Club. And then you have your finals. I would have put another, at least another match. Kind of pad that time, if you will. I'm hoping they pad that time with two things. One, longer matches. Yeah. I know that is counterproductive as, as to what we're talking about. But also, you know they're going to clean that ring. Yes. They're going to clean that ring yep. probably multiple times. I, I tend the night. to forget about that because it's still a newer thing. You yeah. know, so I, I think they'll be fine on time, even if they do longer matches. Yeah. I think I think they'll space it out to where fatigue isn't that much of a factor. But I still, it still doesn't sit 
completely right with. I agree with that. So yeah, I already worked in NWA. Had to do that. <laughs> my final my final question here for, for this episode is going to be the beginning of a Patreon exclusive episode, which we hope to launch in January. We had posted in our Facebook group a list of fantasy matches that never happened for one reason or another. And I, I'm, I'm only taking one off of that list because it's the one that I would like to see above all else because I can't stand Brock Lesnar. That's my sole reason for doing it. So there's there's a, a whole bunch on that list. I'm not going to name them. Again, uh, I hope to, to do that episode for you with Matt uh, exclusively for Patreon subscribers down the line. But we're fantasy booking. The, the, the list was fantasy matches you would have liked to have seen. And on that was one that caught my eye in particular, and that's Brock Lesnar versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with why this match is kind of a a big deal and why it never happened, uh, it was at the time Stone Cold was at the top of his his career there in the WWE. In 2002, I believe. Yeah, and they, they wanted him, Vince wanted him to... Uh, basically do the job for Brock Lesnar. He wanted it to be a... It was a King of the Ring tournament match. Yes. It was a first-round match, and it was a, essentially going to be a squash match on Raw. Yep. And and Stone Cold felt uh, that uh, they could make money, him and Lesnar. They could do... They can they could do... They could make some... They could draw big money, and he didn't feel that it was a good idea for him to just lose willy-nilly on Raw. Um According to Stone Cold, he wasn't opposed to losing, but he just he wanted to do it on a big ticket show. Yeah, and and I I completely agree with him. And but apparently, you know, things worked out differently, and it never happened. And that was part of the reason uh, Stone Cold uh, took his ball and went home, so to speak. <laughs> so, and hey, man, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think he made the better call. Because if you go back and um, pay attention to The Undertaker and um, the Broken Skull Sessions, the second round that he had, um, he talks about losing to Lesnar at WrestleMania, and he addresses all that. And he's of the same mind frame that Stone Cold was, where he's like, you know, I don't think Brock Lesnar needed a win against me at WrestleMania I wanted it to be against someone else who could have used it. He's like, I don't think Lesnar needed it to get over. I think he was over already. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the wrong call to make. He's like, I wasn't opposed to losing. I would have lost to someone else, but I wanted it to be more worthwhile for my opponent. Yeah. And, I, again, I think that speaks volumes, and I, I happen to agree. Um, but I wanted your thoughts on, on this potential fantasy match the other thing i want to bring up too here before you give me your answer keep in mind folks there was enough heat even though stone cold said what he said there was enough heat in this situation legit heat that stone cold was close to shooting on lesnar because lesnar like kind of essentially bullied vince mcmahon into like hey i want this to happen so, and you've seen footage of that too, where, you know, him and, and McMahon, Lesnar and McMahon, 
have gotten into it backstage. That you can watch that on on the network. So, but um, keep that in mind when you answer. And uh, I would definitely really love to know your take on the fantasy match: Brock Lesnar versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, when it comes to to Brock Lesnar, I'm assuming we're talking early 2000s Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Because there's a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Stone Cold at that time. You know, this is obviously early 2000s. He just came off of an extremely successful 2001 where he spent most of the time as, as WWE champion. Who better to get you over at that time than 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 Brock Lesnar? I, I think, or excuse me, than Stone Cold. I think you, if you're Lesnar, though, uh, it's one of those things where you show your, you kind of show your immaturity and lack of understanding for the business uh, because you don't know who Stone Cold was in that ring. Stone Cold's, Stone Cold's a business guy. Well, we know now that it's it's much more than immaturity and 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 all that. Sure, you know, it's just plain ignorance. And, sure, yeah, you know, belligerence. Stone Cold's a, he's a business guy. You know, he's he's a guy that's you know. If I I I did watch the second round, especially of the of the the was it Broken Skull sessions or whatever it was, yes. um, with him and the Undertaker. It's a, it's a really good, uh, yeah, really, really good conversation. Absolutely. If you, Stone Cold is, a, is, is again the mindset of you know let's make money let's do the, let's do the job, but here's the here's the thing about it where Lesnar doesn't have that mentality. Lesnar, even back then, was a guy that was let's just let's just get get it out the way and I'll have my glory and, and eat it too, kind of thing, and that was never going to happen with Stone Cold. That was never going to happen in, in a match with with, with with Stone Cold. Whether it was on the mic or inside the ring, Stone Cold knew where he was in status, and he was going to use that not to get himself over, but to get every to get whatever angle or match he needed to get over over. And he wasn't going to let some snobby nosed little prick stop him from doing the job. And if it meant him walk going home, then obviously that's what happened. In a match with 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 Steve Austin, I don't think it would have gotten Brock Lesnar over in a way that Brock Lesnar thinks it would have gotten him over. Because Austin was never a type of guy that was going to go out there, get his ass whipped for you know X amount of time, and then call it a day. You were going to take your shots. <laughs> there wasn't many guys who were as stiff as Austin, especially in that time. And you're again. You were going to have that that back and forth. That that almost I call it. Sometimes I call it the American strong style sense of like it's bar fighting. Yeah. But that's what you're going to get with with the Brock Lesnar or with Stone Cold. Like I don't know why I'm getting the guy's names fucking mixed up. That's all right. They look nothing alike. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's where Brock Lesnar's mistaken. I he. For him to to want this particular match, at and not and, and not fight like Austin was and say, hey, yeah, let me win King of the Ring, but let me beat fucking Stone Cold again. That's how big is that to beat Stone Cold 
in a in in the same uh in, in the same tournament in which got Stone Cold to the status that he was at. Sure, you know, six years prior, it it doesn't take a genius. It takes anybody that's somewhat of a wrestling fan. The match itself, it it doesn't it doesn't do much for me. It doesn't do much for me because you have a very green Brock Lesnar and a and a, and a very aged Stone Cold. You put them together, and what do you get? Maybe you get a good match. I don't know. But I think Lesnar is sadly mistaken if he ever thought he was going to go out there and just and and just run through Austin because nobody did that. Nobody no. did that, and that's that's the, the the level of I wouldn't say ego stupidity. To think that he was going to do what Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Undertaker, The Rock, and a plethora of other guys couldn't do. Right. Just wasn't going to happen. Um, there's a part of me that's glad that it never happened. Uh, the big part. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, as far as fantasy booking, that's that's one that could stay a fantasy for some people. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> it's, it's not for me. Uh, I, I guess we're gonna wrap this up with the the the, the elephant in the room. <laughs> it needs to be talked about. Um, we are watching. We haven't seen what's gonna happen yet. Uh, we are watching it live though. On uh, the first episode of December for AW Dynamite, on the first episode of of AW Dynamite, uh, Kenny Omega wins the AW World Championship. Don Callis is out there. First, he's doing commentary. Then he comes out to the ring because Kenny Omega is faking an injury. Uh, turns out that they're in cahoots. Kenny Omega wins the title. He runs in the back through the back with Don Callis, and Don Callis makes the announcement that he's going to explain everything on Impact Wrestling on Tuesday. Yep. Well, we are here. We haven't seen it yet. Which, Coming up next, which is good because I want. Fantasy booking, because that's what we do best. Absolutely. What the hell does this mean for... You asking me? I'm asking you. Two words. Bullet Club. I got goosebumps and a boner at the same time. <laughs> for, for all the female listeners that came back after my last comment, they now left again. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Maybe next week. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna make some leaps and bounds here. Follow me, okay? okay? Months ago, you have Don Callis switch his Twitter handle to the Invisible Hand, okay? This is after he loses the bidding war. For Kenny Omega to come to Impact. Okay? Anybody who knows enough about Kenny Omega and Don Callis, they're good friends outside of the business. Whether you like that or not. Mm-hmm. So, uh, shouts out to Eric. Eric, I love you. And keep in mind, brother, it's all about the callback. And so you have that just simmering. Okay? For months and months and months, right? AEW starts up. We're you know we're fresh off of uh, it's been what a year, almost a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
things go by, Kenny Omega, you know, he, he lands uh, executive VP and top performer over there in AEW. Moving along, everybody starts criticizing for, for you know, whether you're right or wrong. Hey, you know, we missed the Kenny Omega of old, the one that came from New Japan. What the fuck gives? Kenny Omega comes out. You're going to see a new, you're going to see the return of the cleaner. Wins the tournament. Gets a shot at the title. Now look where we are. Add to add to that fact. Add to all of that. You've got the Good Brothers being re-signed by Impact in 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 what is quite the bit of fate, uh, if you will. Not that these are all the parts that need to be there. They have expressed how they've wanted to work for New Japan, and that now it is in their contract that once they're cleared to do so, they will be able to compete with New Japan. Okay, Good Brothers. Original members of the Bullet Club that never fucking went anywhere. Keep that in mind. They never went anywhere. A lot of people think they fucking died when the elite left. Nope, that's not the case, folks. You've got all these little pieces coming together. All I can say is, that's where my mind is going. Whether I want the Bullet Club to be bigger and and spread out further than it is now, I think there's a really good chance to make a lot of fucking money. Not just make a lot of money for everybody involved, but guess what? Impact the entire industry in a positive manner. Whether that comes to fruition or not, we'll definitely see. But to me, that's what this means. When it comes to, you know, bringing back the Bullet Club, I'm all for it for a number of reasons. Not bringing it back. As far as doing an angle with the Bullet Club. There you go. That's yeah. much better. Um, that's I, I meant as far as them, the guys that left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I've I've said it so many times on on this podcast too. The Bullet Club isn't, hasn't hasn't hurt from from them leaving. I mean, obviously, is it different from what it used to be? Of course, but sure. You know, they it's an, just just like we've talked about with MLW and, and Ring of Honor. The Bullet Club has always found a way to stay relevant. We're in the midst of the sixth year of the Bullet Club. Yes. Which is, if I'm not mistaken, what, almost four years more than the NWO ever went? In, mean, its, you, in its original? In its original form, yeah. Yeah. And that's saying a hell of a lot. Right. And if you look at some of the biggest moments of 2020... Yet again, who does that involve? <laughs> and that, that's pre and post pandemic, or I should say, during pandemic. During pandemic. Unfortunately, right. unfortunately, we're not post yet. But uh, you know, you talk about you know what what Kenta did and and at Wrestle Kingdom, and obviously now Evil did uh, to Tetsuya Knight so earlier earlier this year. When you when you do something like that, I've I've all I, I'm 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 on board with it. Because I've I've always hated, hated how it ended originally. Yeah, um, and I've said that on the show too. I said it on this podcast. I I I could not stand how quick and easy it was for guys like Omega and and, and Cody and the Bucks, for example. Uh, how how easy it was for them to leave. Now I don't know what they're gonna do. I'm not saying what they should and shouldn't do, and who should be involved, who shouldn't be involved. But I think the best part about this, Bullet Club included, is that it opens an entire Pandora's box, if you will, 
of possibility, a realm of possibilities. Hearing from what what was said on Impact, and, and that's really all we can go off of as far as this recording is concerned, the, the possibilities are, are essentially endless because... The one thing that is, you know, is going to get talked about for a lot of people is going to be AW and Impact Wrestling. Of course, we're talking Bullet Club, which if you don't know, that's New Japan. Okay, there's that. What's not being talked about as much, and it should because it's great wrestling, is AAA. Remember, Kenny Omega is the is the Mega Champion in AAA. And there's also an existing alliance with Impact. Yes. So it makes sense that he would also go there. So what I am what I am saying is that this is exactly what Joe and I have preached about time and time again from the inception of this podcast. It is so lonely. It's a lonely feeling, Joe, to be fucking right all the time. <laughs> Man. <laughs> but the- we we laugh, but dude, I'm telling you, man. Everything that we said that they should be doing, everything that they we've said for for years now, potentially could be happening. If that is the case, if if we are in the midst of talent swapping, that's that's kind of the key term here. Then, ladies and gentlemen, 2021, the future, the foreseeable future at the very least, is going to be one hell of a fucking ride. And absolutely, that's, that's all I can really say about that. I don't have any answers. I don't know many people out there that do. There's a lot more questions than answers right now. Yeah, and that's 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 fine. You know, this is a this is pretty pretty new, pretty fresh. But Pandora's box, in a good way, has been opened, and the realm of possibilities is just virtually endless. You talk about fantasy bookings. I mean, they're going to beat us to the punch on these things now. I mean, we gotta we got to ramp up our fantasy bookings because <laughs> they're going to beat us to the punch. And they're not going to be fantasy bookings anymore. And that's a great thing, though. Absolutely. That's, that's an absolute great thing. Well, we are uh, we are 20 questions down. And uh, I think it's time to, uh, to bid a adieu. Bid adieu? <laughs> this is our, our last uh, 20 by 20 by 20 of... The year 2020, this year can absolutely go fuck itself. But <laughs> if one, <laughs> I agree. If one thing, if one good thing came out of that, I, I think it's the segment. I absolutely enjoy uh, running down 20 of the hottest topics in pro wrestling. It's been a blast for sure. I can't wait to do it more often next year. Absolutely. Please catch us on social media: Instagram.com slash 20x20crew, Twitter.com slash 20x20crew, Facebook.com slash 20x20crew. That's our official Facebook page. If you want to come talk, hang out, comment, share memes, you can do that. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk. Uh, come come hang out with Matt and I and, and the rest of the guys there. We are also, uh, again, working on Patreon. You'll get more information on that in future episodes. And then also our home on the web, 20x20crew.com, where you will find all of our previous episodes, merchandise, and, and uh, everything 20x20crew. So with that being said, this has been Matt. I have been Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been fan-fucking-tastic. And goodbye and mwah, good night. And we'll see you in the ring, right? Yes. Why didn't you do it? See, ready? One, two, three. We'll see, see you, you in, in the, the ring. ring. <laughs>